Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. It's that time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Episode 114, 114. Damn, damn. That's, uh, that's higher than I can count. <laughs> it's brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. It's that Christmas season. Go and get your gifts. Yeah, great stocking stuffers. Everyone wants one. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm Big Z, and I'm here with my boy E-Rock. What up, E? What's up, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. You can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans and on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe for as low as 99 cents a month. Hey, we want to buy some Christmas gifts too, so hook us up, you know? Mm-hmm. Listen, do you like the show? I do. Are you a fan? I am. Then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends. If you enjoy the content, if we make you laugh or cry or yell or just think or like throw things at the TV while you're listening to, to us while you watch the Bears game, hey... <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell everyone else that you're screaming about the Bears with, and uh, and we'll uh, have fun together and, you know, enjoy the show. There'll be a lot of screaming Tuesday. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it depends because uh, I think they're going to be still playing the, the rookie, what is it, Bailey Zappi, I think his name is. Yeah, that's the next Tom Brady. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Somehow, how has he been better than Mac Jones? I don't understand that. It, it's the uh, the touch. He has the Midas touch, man. You got to touch. <laughs> how you doing, man? It's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, uh, I'm doing good, man. It's uh, finally adjusting to the new job. Um, you know, still learning new names and faces and every damn kid in the school. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of damn kids. That's a lot. Yeah. That's why I don't know it's, any. It's, it's, <laughs> imagine, imagine what Nick Cannon feels like. <laughs> Populating the whole school himself. That's hey. right. Uh, and then bowling. Bowling's still going. You know, we're in the first quarter of the season, uh, and everybody's coming for the champs, man. That sounds very Lovey Smith-esque. We're in the first quarter of our season. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you get paid out by quarters. Uh-huh. That's why we. That's why I know that lingo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, everybody's coming for us, man. We uh, we lost one. We played three games every every uh, Tuesday. We lost the first game by one pin. How dare you! <laughs> How dare you desecrate that jacket? <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, it's pretty nice. I don't have to wear a jacket today. <laughs> it is nice. I'm wearing nice. shorts again. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm gonna try to ride it out till uh, Thanksgiving. I don't think it's gonna work, but I'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, it's gonna be tough. Uh, other than that, I was invited by some weirdo to go to the pitball event. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah, at the Logan Arcade over there in Fullerton and Western. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I mean, they, that's a really cool crew over there, Zespi and all the people that. Uh, if if you if you've ever played uh, pinball in Chicago, you've played over at Logan. So it's a good time. We had our. Uh, our Stern event there for the brand new James Bond 007 game. Uh, Gary Stern himself was there. The de- the game designer, the legendary George Gomez, was there uh, on the live stream talking about the game. There was a little tournament for people to come and try the game. So uh, just in general, it's, it's a cool place. Um, there's a lot of different uh, pinball everywhere, up and down, especially in the back room. They have the two walls full of a lot of Stern games, a lot of old school games. But then you also have your section where you have a couple of console games you can play. They have the, the original... But four-player X-Men, uh, mm-hmm, four-player mm-hmm. Simpsons, four-player mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. So there's a lot of stuff that you can uh, go on there and hang out and play and, uh, you know, beer, all, all the hipster beer you can drink. Do, do you know what was the highlight of my night there, bro? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it now, but I, I did have a couple drinks, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the animatronics. Yes, yes, yes. So this is this is the coolest thing about Logan is that they do have uh, animatronics. I'm pretty sure it came from one of these old uh, Chuck E. Like Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese, Little Caesars, yep. where they used to have the play place. But uh, they'll dress them up during different times of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, they are. Last night they had them in their Halloween costumes. So they and, and literally, like literally, it's the animatronics that you remember from being a kid in the in the pizza place. Um, but they have it timed up to. The Misfits and the mm-hmm. Misfits was that that you know one of the guy the band members that I met at uh, at Riot Fest. So I had no idea who it was. But the co- the funny <laughs> thing is is that they they have it synced up perfectly. The yeah. lighting, the, the the way that the mouths move and all that stuff. The, the drummer, drummer had a solo. Yeah. The guitarist had a solo. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is insane. It's all programmed beautifully, and uh, you know that's what it is. You have good production. I mean, anything that you can do. I mean, hell, you can program that all on your computer now. But the funny thing is, is that while they're playing the Misfits song, these animatronic dogs, the name of the band, guess what it is? The Misfits? The Biscuits. The Biscuits? The Biscuits. It's great. It was great. Like, And I'm like, yo, check this out. Because it doesn't play all night. It just plays at certain different times during the night. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a cool event. Um, it's a cool place to go to. And it was just, it was, it was nice to be out and be seen by the owner of the company, right? He sees me at work, but it's like, oh, you're, you're out at an event. The guy who designed the games, you know, sitting there grinning ear to ear, uh, mm-hmm. like, a, like a proud father. So, you know, it, it, it was a it was a cool place to go. Uh, did you do anything else with balls this weekend? <laughs> anything else with balls? <laughs> uh, there was no softball this weekend for the first time in about uh, ten months. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's so weird, <laughs> isn't it? You know, my, my daughter still has practice, so it's funny enough because that night that I did go to Logan, uh, I went to work. Um, I, I went to work. And we had the, the Pinball Expo this weekend, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I, I left work around noon, went to go work at the Expo, which is just another one, essentially our local um, event, right, about pinball. So when you go to the trade shows and stuff like that, it's kind of the same concept. Right. Um, so it's a, it's, I think this is the 38th uh, year that it's been wow. done. Um, it's out in Schaumburg. Um, and at the Renaissance Convention Center. So, I mean, it's, it's a cool event. I remember going last year. It was a little bit different, more subdued. Um, there was a tournament area for the uh, the pinball players um, that was more close to where the main hall was last year. And then you didn't have that many vendors last year. So this year you had a lot of your vendors, your video games, you had your, you know, people selling, selling Nintendo. Uh, I met uh, Tim Kitzrow from uh, NBA Jam and various pinball. So I'll be so keeping in touch with him. See some people don't know show. that name. He's on fire. So he's the voice of NBA Jam. There you go. There yeah. you go. So I mean, that, that sounds like an interesting. But what are the vendors selling? Just so the t-shirts. Vendor, no. So the, the vendors are selling games. 
Um, they're, they're, so that with with Pinball Expo, it's a very interesting event because you have like us. We're the big we're the big dog, right? Stern Pinball has always been the big guys there, mm-hmm. at least for the last you know however twenty years. Then you have um, like American Pinball. They have a few games that they released. Um, you have Jersey Jack Pinball, which is kind of our direct competitor. They're literally put up their their warehouse and their headquarters about a, a block away from us. Um, and yeah, seriously. <laughs> wow. And then you have also Chicago Gaming. So the the major uh, pinball manufacturers are local here to Chicago, but you also have what's called a homebrew. And a homebrew is basically you built your own game. Mm. So you have the people that uh, you know take cabinets. They um, they take cabinets. They make code. They they literally at their own expense at their own home. They put together and they make their own pinball games and they bring them to these shows so they can kind of show off. And I've seen a couple at MGC a couple times in the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, so yeah, it, it's just cool. It's it's a very um, it, it's very pinball driven because this is one of the only shows that's supposed to be like, okay, this is just about pinball versus about gaming or about consumer electronics. As we do that show, IAPA, we do a lot of these big shows for electronics and uh, consumer, you know, yeah. consumer electronics show. But uh, the vendors sell pinball parts. They'll sell, gotcha. you know, their their, their shirts. Um, they sell um, accessories, back glasses. Like I have a couple back glasses here that I've shown you before. Well, they mm. the, people use those for artwork in their home. If they have a game room, they'll put it up there. One thing that I saw was really cool was the Terminator. Um, it is a topper. So a topper is anything that will go on the back box or the head of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Terminator topper for like a big, like, like an old shooting game. It was just massive. I mean, it was like a, si- like a full size of a person up there. And it was about 500 bucks. Yeah. I, I know you didn't buy that. I did not. I did not. But I mean, like that, like if there was one thing I was like, oh, that's something that I'd love to have in my collection. And that's definitely one of those. Would you put a life-size Terminator? No, not Terminator. A topper. The topper. So it's, yeah, just, the topper. it's just the shoulders and the head. You would put it on top of a video game, like like what we saw with the Rick and Morty and the stuff on the top yes. of the. Okay. Yes. Ah. So that's when it, those are toppers. Those gotcha, are game gotcha, toppers. Gotcha. So pinball. Uh, a lot of pinball games do it. We do it for almost every game. Mm-hmm. Um, we did release and introduce our Mandalorian topper, which mm-hmm. is interactive and has an LCD screen up top, which is pretty cool. Um, and that's been anticipated for a while because Mando actually came out quite a while ago. Uh, we've made. Since then, we made two other games, including Bond, and we also made Rush. So those are a couple other ones, and Godzilla, for that uh, matter of fact. <coughs> Excuse me, that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it's just one of those things, and everyone's been anticipating these toppers for a while. So um, the last one that was released was for Led Zeppelin, which came out right before that. So that's another cool one. But this one is actually interactive. You can see it. There's an LCD screen up there. Um, it shows, like, if you're going to multi-ball mode, um, and again, this is based on the show Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. There's a, remember all those spiders that come out of that one? Yeah. Okay, that's a multi-ball mode, so you have to kill the spiders, and all of a sudden, all your your whole uh, play field gets flooded with pinballs, and it's your multi-ball, that and, and that's supposed nuts. to represent the spiders, right? Yeah. So that's the concept there. So that's why whenever you see, like, something like that, or they had a... Um, you know, there's the one where the all the fighters are kind of clinging onto the side of the uh, the vehicle. That's another multi-ball mode, a jetpack multi-ball. So there's a lot of different little things that they put in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 what you see there. I mean, it's it's uh, a lot of a lot of pinball. I didn't get to play a lot, um, but but I enjoyed hanging out there. Like I said, with the people from Logan Arcade, Zespi over there and his crew. Um, you know, uh, Kingpin. I went over to the Kingpin booth. They are up in Wisconsin. Um, and then Pinball Place, it's based in uh, Minnesota, so I got to see the guys from there. And I actually got to meet a lot of distributors who I've been talking to through email and mm-hmm. on the phone for the last mm-hmm. couple of years and never met in person, right? And, and, and I also, uh, Marshall from Little Shop of Games right down there in uh, Florida, right like, you know, a stone throw from my dad's house. And I am not kidding. I mean, they're probably about five minutes away. 
and uh, and I was I actually hit him up too after the uh, after the hurricane, and I was like, "Hey, did you get hit?" He goes, "We're good, man." I I, I told him I was watching. Yeah, the weather and the weather, news yeah. at work, you know, and I was like, he's. I literally called him the next day, and I was like, hey, are you guys good down there? He's like, yeah, I actually went right underneath us. But here's the thing, he walked right up to me, and he goes, hey, Eddie, and I'm like, were you? <laughs> I never met you. Why do you know what I look like? You only talk through email and phone. That was that. That was like a little like, hey, wh- who are you? Even stalked. Very cool guy. I mean, like you know what I mean. Like I've talked to him probably you know three times a week for the past few years. So, gotcha. You know. But one of the one of the funny things that did happen. So, I go there on Saturday to hang out. I bring my daughter, Steve Martin, who's my buddy, who who got me in at Stern, right? Yeah, first, told not me the about comedian, Stern. right? Not, not, the, not, not the comedian. Not. And uh, and his daughter Mia, right? Who yep. they play softball together. They're very good friends. So I bring the girls over there, and uh, we're just hanging out. Steve uh, went up because there was a uh, a conference, or, and speaking of his boss, who's Greg Ferris, and uh, a guy named Zombie Yeti, who's a very famous. Uh, um, artists in pinball world with a lot of video games and things like that. So because Steve works in the art department, he was up there watching them, you know, give their their speech, right? Or however your conference or whatever it is, you know. So I'm over here. I, I show up on Saturday just to hang out, right? Like I know, you know, we get we get entry. So I'm like, oh, we'll hang out, you know, have a couple beers, you know, let the girls go and play games, whatever. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking around our little backstage area and I'm like, where the hell is everyone? So all of a sudden. One of our guys, uh, uh, one of the sales guys, Michael Grant, he comes down and he goes, hey, I, 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 I got to get together drinks for 30 people. And I was like, what is going on? I says, where is everyone? He's like, oh, they're upstairs. I'm like, okay, let's go. So I, you know, we, I help him throw a couple more beers in the cooler. We take the cooler up there. I make sure I fill my cup. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean, you can't pour it out of an empty cup, you know? Oh, absolutely not. So, so we get upstairs and we go to this conference room and I don't know what's going on in there and I just see a line of people going mm-hmm. into this room like what the hell is this? Like a, like a Comic Con table, right? So so I walk into this room behind behind Mike and there is a long like a uh, a big loop of tables and like everyone that I work with that was happened to be there is sitting there and it's it's an autograph line. So it starts with Gary Stern, the owner of the company. You got Seth Davis, who is the new president. And it moves on and on and on and on and on. So I'm like, well, I mean. What am I doing here? Right. And here's the thing. Like I said, I was just going to hang out. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go to the very end. I see there's an open chair next to my friend, Mark Guido. We call him Guido. And he goes, hey, how's it going, man? And he, he's one of the programmers. He does, like, the, a lot of our Insider Connect programming. Like, he does a lot of the stuff that's not exactly gameplay, right? Gotcha. So he goes, hey, hey come on and have a seat. So I said, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, oh, yeah. I just came up with Mike, brought the drinks up and stuff like that. He goes, yeah, yeah, sit right here. And then he looks at me and he hands me a marker. And I was like, what is this for? He goes, if I got to sign shit, so do you. And I was like, get the hell out of here. I says, no, none of these people know who I am or want me to sign anything. And then, as they come up, he goes, you really want his autograph. You know, this is the guy right here. Every time you have a problem, he's the one you call this and that. So I somehow got roped, and there's a bunch of poor saps out there that have my autograph on their cool stuff. What did you sign? Did you sign E-Rock or did you sign? No, I didn't put E-Rock on there. I just put, funny enough, I put, I I just signed with my initials that I put on all the, the, uh, the, part, the orders that I send out of the stuff that I fix or whatever. So, like, if they actually look at the stuff they get, they're like, 
that's that asshole right there. That's who that was the whole that's time. That's why it took forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was there doing all these autographs. So, yeah, I mean, like, it, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, some unexpected things uh, uh, <laughs> that I got roped into. But, I mean, overall, it was it was a cool event. It's, like I said, it's our local show mm-hmm. to showcase not only our new games, but our pinball. Like, we have the red carpet. We have the, the stage where they do, um, you know, some interviews talking with the with the owner of the company, with the you know the president of the company, and, and different designers that came through over the years. So I mean, you know, thanks for coming out, and that was that was the official launch party at Logan that you guys were at. That was uh, awesome for that game. So the live was, the live stream setup was awesome, yeah. and then there was a guy behind a computer, and he's like checking all the stats. He's like, all right, all right, you just jumped up three slots, and like, I'm like whoa, okay, yep. wow. And they, you know, they had two versions, right? They had the live streaming version, and they had the regular version. Uh, one's a premium and one's a, a regular version, right? So essentially, the thing with Logan is that there is a section of the of the bar that is always either online or subject to be online. So it's a diff- they have whatever games they put in that section for like a month at a time or whatever. But if you if you're like, hey, it's known that if you play on either of these two games, you might be recorded and you might be like live streamed, right? Yeah, you got to sign disclosure, right? right? I mean, I think it's not a disclosure. It's like, hey, jackass, look at the sign. Like it tells you, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the, the Bond Premium version um, with the with the rocket, it has the the rocket pack, James Bond. It has the little car, the Aston Martin, where you can the ball comes up like just like the ejector, and I I forget what movie it is, where he ejects someone out of the top of the car. Well, it does that with the ball, mm. so you can catch it. It has all the games on there, and uh, so I mean, it, it was really cool. Like I said, George was beaming like a like a proud father. I know he's lost a lot of sleep working on this game constantly until make sure it's ready to go and uh you know overall once it got out there you know there was there was everything went smoothly everyone enjoyed the game you know when people were like waiting to get onto whatever game they could get available and uh you know it, it was a good time it was a good time it was a good turnout no it was it was jam-packed it really was uh, and then there was a birthday party as well going on at the same time there was in the back yeah, yeah. in the back so i was like okay this is kind of weird um it was a, somebody's 40th birthday party but I, I was trying to get some cake but they <laughs> I, 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 I turned 40 a while ago You know, give me a cake <laughs> uh, well, It was also pretty cool Like you were saying There was some console games uh, There was a mini PlayStation 1 uh-huh. And I was playing uh, Alex, my bro And we were just You know, fighting And we, we were playing like, Virtua Fighter Virtua, is that what it was? I didn't know the name of it But it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's funny Because me and him Are so competitive that way And like we would go out Drinking night after night And then come home And then we're playing FIFA You know, at 5 in the morning Drunk Right. Uh, you know, like, right. hey, you know, and and he'd be like, man, how are you so good when you're drunk, but when you're sober, you suck? I'm like, because <laughs> I'm not thinking about it exactly. anymore. Exactly. I'm, I'm yeah, not right. thinking. That's what it is. So hey, I, thank you for the invite. It's it's awesome. Uh, check it out. It's a really cool place uh, to go hang out. Not only like if you're a, a, a gaming nerd or a pinball nerd, but even just to go out and have do something different. Tons of, tons of different drink options there. Yeah. Lots of different beers. I mean, like I said, you know, it's it's one of those things where they have leagues and stuff like that. So, it, and the way I kind of uh, describe it, is it's just like bowling or like a darts. Like if you go to a place that has a dart league, it's the same concept. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. And that's the thing is that, so there there was a, a, a big thing about pinball back in the day because they, they, they said it was gambling because you would put in a coin and I was like, that's not gambling. It's all, it's skill. There's nothing coming out Right Well there, I mean I think there was Some type of payout On a tournament And stuff like that uh, um, But but So Roger Sharp uh, There's actually a uh, There's a document Not a documentary But I think it's a movie um, That is called The Man Who Who Saved Pinball And his son Actually works with us um, And he was one of the Top pinball players In the world But Roger Sharp Was is credited as Being the guy That saved pinball You even had some of the Early early Like 1920s uh, Pinball 
uh, games at the uh, at the pinball uh, show, the expo. So it's it's just like I said, it's really cool to see the difference. Um, again, one other th- one other person I want to shadow is my guy, my guy Kyle from Marco Specialties. Uh, he whenever I have a problem, if he's around, he's always jumping in, ready to, to give a helping hand. Like, hey, let's figure this out. You know, he's he's, he's just a good dude, and uh, I just want to give him a shout out because uh, you know I think you met him too. The the, the tall Kyle, guy, the super tall guy. Yeah. Oh, so I brought a tall guy, and you got a you yeah, brought a tall yeah, guy. Yeah. So we're just standing there, and, and I, it's, <laughs> so the funny thing is, is I told Kyle, is like, you're so fucking tall, and every time we like I walk next to, you, I feel like I'm like walking next to my dad or something, and you're a little kid. Like I don't know if I should reach up and hold your hand or like you know what I mean. It's like, it's like it looks like me walking with one of my daughters down the street except you know my, my oldest is gonna be taller than me so yeah I, and i you know for, i think being that tall is not really a good thing for pinball playing it's so yeah i'll tell you something funny enough is that if i don't know if you if you remember this name but todd mccullough who used to play on the sixers he was actually on the team that went to the uh the finals with iverson okay big tall white guy um he's a big pinball guy and he lives in the Pacific Northwest. And last year, I needed a technician in that area. And because he's the, the he's got the guy that's known for pinball up there, I, I, I had his number from, uh, he called in for service once. And I was like, hey, <clears throat> Todd, I need a tech up there. I, I, I really, I can't find anyone. There's just no one. It's such a weird little island up there. It's called like Paul's Bow. It's a little island right up there in the Pacific Northwest off of uh, near uh, Seattle. And I says, I, I just really don't have anyone. He's like, call this guy. He's the, he's the best, this and that. So then he gave me the information. He was a really good tech. I added him to our database of technicians. And uh, I, I saw him last year. But he's he's getting older, and he has a lot of problems with his legs now. So he has to st- sit down a lot. And he's so damn tall. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is a seven-footer, right? Yeah. Like a legit seven-footer. Like you talking about standing next to your dad. Like I, I had to, like, go get some uh, – I had to get a neck massage after, like, standing there and talking to this guy for a couple minutes because my, my neck was just crook. It was like I was it's, – it's like sitting in the front row of a movie theater. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> and uh, – but, no, I, I, says, I literally walked up to him. And I, saw, I saw him last year. I says, hey – Thank you for finding that tech for me. This is who I am, so on and so forth. When I saw him uh, yesterday, I, I went up to him and I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And I started talking about like, you know, him meeting a tech. And he was like, oh, yeah. And he remembered the name of the town. He remembered the tech. He remembered our conversation. So it was really cool to kind of, like I said, like it, it's you're kind of rubbing elbows with like, you know, C-list celebrities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it is. But I mean. Like I said, it's it's a fun um, it's in fun it's a fun environment to be around and just like I said, see creative people being creative. And one thing I will say about like especially what we do as far as like you know technicians, engineering, things like that. Like uh, everyone is just like their own different type of nerd. Yeah, it's, it's oh, yeah. essentially what it is. So you know, it, it's uh, be, being a little bit of a nerd myself. I like uh, I think I'm pretty entrenched in it at this point. Yeah, you're very entrenched as you're uh, wearing their shirts. Oh yeah, and the I, hat. Got, I do got the Logan Arcade shirt yeah. on today. <laughs> Shout out to, to Logan. Someone's Arcade. been branded. Hey man, like, like I said, if you give me some free shit, I'll wear it. <laughs> I don't care. As long as it's in a dress, I'll be all good. <laughs> You'll be fez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so look, in this episode, we got the World Series set to begin. So we're going to talk a little bit of playoffs, and then we're also going to talk about our all-time favorite Chicago playoff teams. We have all that plus stirring the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is the Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. Wow, that cut off abruptly there. 
That's what we call a shorty. Uh, it's a shorty. All right. <laughs> Story number one. Like yes. A, like yes. a button on a fur coat. Continue. I don't know that reference. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> oh, that has nothing to do about being old. All right. Do you ever play the 50-50 raffles at the, at the uh, games, like the ball games, football games, baseball games? I, I have. I have. All right. Have you won ever? I have not. That's why I rarely play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a donation. You get to write it off in your taxes. Yeah. I also like to win. So, so do I. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I've never won either. But uh, this guy named Drew Shipley. Okay. I went to week one to see the Washington Commanders and bought a ticket. And guess what? He won. Nice. Yeah. 14K. Really? Wait, there, there was there was that many. There was, there was that many. Well, that means they raised 28,000. Yeah, it's one week. It's week and, one. And that's a football game. Yeah, they they should one. be raising 100 grand easily. Yeah, I mean, but it's also the Commanders. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're usually drunk. Uh. They're, they're pretty drunk and rowdy people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what is the piglets or whatever they call? No, what the hell? Uh... They're wearing dresses oh, and look, the dress, I'm, I'm dresses really pigs. The, yeah, it was yeah, a commercial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, so he gets his check, you know, and um, he puts it into his bank account, and guess what? It bounced. <laughs> <laughs> so not only is this uh, uh, this organization in shambles because Dan Snyder is just a piece of shit, uh, um, y- y- you know, it- it's just weird. That you get uh, a check from a, a a huge corporate entity. This so here, here's my problem. Okay, if this raised twenty eight thousand dollars and you're getting the split, you're getting fifty percent of that yeah. pot. Where did the where did that twenty eight thousand dollars go? Like, did they just put it in the wrong account when they're like, "Hey, I'll sell you later." <laughs> I'll, I'll sell, sell you later. Fourteen k. Yeah, that, it's got to be somebody in an accounting that just messed something up. It sounds like it. I, so the the what we were looking for was the hogettes, the hogettes, the hogettes, and that's the uh, the big fat fans that dress up as pigs, which is extremely appropriate for a team that's owned by a guy like Dan Snyder. Exactly. Yeah. So, the, 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 I mean, when that happens to you, who are you supposed to go to? Dan, like, hey, hey, hey Dan, hey, hey! <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Yeah, that we'll, we'll get you know we'll get Kermit to talk to Miss Piggy and do it up, baby. Oh man, do it up. Oh, you want some ham hocks? <laughs> Story number two. Speaking of money, hey, um, a Florida student uh, was making it rain in school, man. It, it, well, it does rain quite a bit in Florida, so you know. <laughs> This is impressive that he was able to get the rain inside. So a 14-year-old broke into her grandparents' safe and stole $13,500. Huh? That's probably why this dude didn't get paid. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Snyder's in Florida. Yeah. Uh, she then processed to give $100 bills to kids all over the school. So she... <laughs> this young girl's facing a felony charges for grand theft and was arrested and given a $2,000 bond. And, and I'm pretty sure they reached out to the students and says, hey, can you please give that back? Yeah, the school reached out, uh, you know, and reached out to the families and the students and says, hey, if this person gave you money, uh, we need you to return it back because this is uh, leftover money from when the grandparents sold out. So she took half of the uh, savings out of there. But who, who's it? I mean, how did this, how did the student access the money? She broke into the safe. So she was probably watching them, you know, uh, open the safe and learn the combination. That's rough. That's rough. That's, they, that's, they didn't. They didn't. Ocean's Eleven in like you know, <laughs> hire a small Asian to hide inside until you almost suffocated. I mean, look, like what? First of all, um, that's a lot of money. Like I get it. I get it. But that's a lot of cash just sitting around, right? I feel like that's it is. But yeah. it's an older kind of you know older generation thing to I mean, do. Like y'all don't have mattresses. Like what the fuck? 
<laughs> it's Florida. That shit will fly away, bro. Yeah, the hurricane. It'll, it'll float away. Float away, right? <laughs> Come sail away. Come sail away. Yeah. Uh, but it's... I, I, I just don't know how you sit there as a kid. Like, he, he, 14 is old enough to be like, yeah, this is probably a bad idea. That's, that's good to know. There was kids that were like, I don't know who this kid was. I've never seen them. Yeah, so why, what, so why would you give me $100? Uh, right, exactly. It's like it's almost like that, that dude on YouTube. He's like, hey, here's here's a, you know, $1,000. Would you rather take it or, or double it and give it to the next person? Or they usually start at 10 So they go on and on and on. And then, you know, depending on the amount, like I've seen it go from like 5 to 10 to like, you know, a couple hundred dollars. And they're like, no, give it to the next person. They double it and they double it and and uh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's kind of what it seems like. Like yeah, just some random person came up to me at Walmart and offered me some money. It's you never see, have you seen this? No, it, it's that. So um, there was there was one where it's like I'll give you a thousand dollars now or you could double. And I saw that one, and uh, and eventually it got up to like. It got up to a pretty big amount, um, and then he still said, "You know what? I, even though it's ten grand, like I'm sure that someone else could really use twenty grand, so I'll give it to them." So he actually, and he goes, "Okay, here," and he gives them the the, the suitcase or whatever full of money and the, that guy personally walks over to someone he, he finds like a woman with like three kids and they're like he, he goes and this is just a ra- random you know guy uh-huh. in, in the in the store and he gives it to this lady and she's like what is this and he goes I, you know i was given an opportunity to give someone money this and that and that so he gives the money and then this kid who somehow has all this money also gave that same person another you know thing of 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever it is uh, you know, it's like okay it's a reward for your good deeds type of thing but a lot of people took that grand right to stack like no nah, i'm gonna take that bro. i'll take that one right there I, i've seen the ones where it's like um you know random dude you know, same same concept and he walks up to like a homeless person yep and he's like you know what um hey i, I my phone died um do you have a couple dollars so i yes. can get on the bus yes and they give their money right yep. away and he's like you know what um, he goes and the, the, he goes. Why? Why did you do that? You, yeah. you don't really. You don't have, have anything. Yeah. He goes. Why did you give me just what you had? Why did you share it with me? He goes because I know what it's like to have nothing. Yeah. Exactly. You exactly. Know? And, and then, then he rewards him, him with yeah. what a thousand bucks and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like takes him and gives him a fade and yeah, yeah. Like you know, and gives him some food and you know all the McDonald's you want, shit like that. You know? I mean, that's great and everything that you're doing that, but you're also trying to make yourself famous and. Right, but here's the thing. So, I, I, and again, I don't remember the name of this kid directly. He's only, I, I just read an article, uh, article about him. He's like 23 or 24. He also did the, like, a, um, what is it? Squid Games? You've seen Squid Games? Uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. he did something, a tournament st- like that style. Of course, he didn't die, but right. I mean, like, whoever got it to the end had a similar choice to make. Do you keep the money? Do you give it away? So on and so forth. Do you want to split the money? Um, and then if they split it, they both get this, you know, the same amount. Um, you know the, the original mm-hmm. amount, the full amount. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, and the thing is, is that right now, if I'm not mistaken, he is the most um, highest earning YouTuber. So because he's doing this, he's actually earning more money from YouTube because mm-hmm. he's becoming more famous, and he's just taking that money. He's like, I don't fucking need all this money. He just gives it away to people. We need money. We do. We do. I'm gonna call him up. I'm gonna hit him up for a sponsor. There we go. There yeah, we go. Come on, man. Yeah, donate to us. That's right. <laughs> All right. Story number three, and I'm gonna try to gross you out now. Awesome. A California eye doctor said he had an elderly patient who came in complaining of blurry vision. Ended up removing 23, 23 disposable contact lenses in her eye. I got double vision Or 23 times vision I mean that's I mean uh, at that point You're looking like the You know Hubble telescope Yeah I, I just don't I, You ever see anyone With like the coke bottle glasses Where like Oh you yeah feel like It goes in so much that Like how do your How do your eyeballs Not make contact with you like, Also don't look at the sun you know, Your head will explode You want to talk about Contact lenses <laughs> Them lenses are so thick That they're actually Touching your eyes right So I mean like But I just don't understand Like how you 
do that so often and you know i i think what it was like she forgot to take him out and i'm like how do you forget that once you yeah it's a, it was an old, obviously it's an elderly lady and then i was reading the article and it's pretty much talking about like as you get older your eye socket you know it's there's a lot of more room in there so they were just sitting there and getting pancaked on and on and on and on and though, so when you was taking them out, you just see them just like it looked like a slivers, just as they were just coming down, like slivers of meat, just sliding out. All I'm thinking about now is pancakes. I mean, I can always go for pancakes. Pancakes. <laughs> so what did he, did he just use some syrup to get them out? Hey, <laughs> I tried. I tried. Oh man. <laughs> All right, I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 
really, really great players. Yeah, you know what Vlad. I mean? Like up in, you got you know you got Vlad Jr. You got Bo Bichette. I mean, you, you was uh, who was who was the other Bejil? one? Yeah, B, yeah. Uh, what the, he has like Kevin or so. He has a yeah. weird name. Um, but I mean, like you look at all the talent that they have on that team, and they just can't seem to get over the hump. Over yeah. the hump. And and it's it's tricky because this is a homegrown team, right? It's right. not like it's a team that has been built through free agency. It's all been built through the draft. So you have a couple of years here where they still have time to develop. I literally just showed you the 2017 Sports Illustrated that I found in my stash mm-hmm. of Aaron Judge. I mean, you talking about five years later, he's like the best hitter in, in the American League mm-hmm. uh, and most of uh, what, all of baseball, baseball this year. I yep. mean, as far as home runs are concerned, I mean, he did have a very, very high strikeout rate, but that's what it happens when you're a home run hitter. Right. Just ask Kyle. Schwarber, um, but I, mean, I was gonna say Javi Baez, but well, that, the, but what I'm saying is Schwarber hits a lot of home runs. Oh, yeah. he also strikes out a lot, so that's that's my comparison. But I mean, that Seattle team was extremely impressive. I don't think a lot of people saw them coming. Yeah, and it's a young team, and they have a lot of room to grow and develop, especially you know being in that in the division that they are. The division they are, I mean, they again, they have to deal with Big Brother well as well. Yeah. Houston is just, you know, they're just a winning program. Whether you think they're cheating every year or not, I mean, that's debatable. And that's, uh, I mean, if you want to go stalk their their their, uh, their stadium yeah. and their their players and and check the, the trash, yeah, check the trash. You know, do all that, yeah, go for it. But they continue to win. It's been what five, four years since the the scandal, and they're yeah. still winning. And you know, and, and that's the thing. I think it was the because the, they were the 2017. Champs, I believe so. Right, right after the Cubs. And the thing is, is that at that time when I looked at the way that that team was built, they did the same thing that the Cubs did. They tanked. They brought mm-hmm. brought these guys in through uh, through the draft, and then you know, like someone might be smart, they get, went and got Verlander, who wanted to be on the Cubs. But hey, let's go to the Astros, and you win your championship, and you keep doing your thing down there. And like you said, I mean, you're talking about a winning program, right? They found a way to find, and, and that's the thing is that like when you think about football or basketball right basketball you typically need a big three and right. and mm-hmm. football you need a really great quarterback you yep. need even if your your defense is just hot garbage you need a good you need a good running back or at least running back by committee you need a really good quarterback you need a decent tight end and you need a, at least two good receivers right that's just the key of it right but i mean if you don't if you have good receivers good tight end good running back and you don't have the quarterback it doesn't matter none exactly. of that matters and in baseball it's every position matters right you can't really hide guys that are bad at defense you can you can put them in, in, no. in, in left field but i mean it doesn't white matter. sox it's the white sox you know we're talking about yeah bad bad outfielders yeah yeah so, but I mean, like you look at how impressive whether you like Houston or not, how impressive it was. And you look at a, a guy like Alvarez is just tearing the cover off of the ball, mm-hmm. and you consider the fact that they've done all this despite the scandal, despite the fact that they lost Carlos Correa to free agency, right? Um, you know, and you look at they're just replacing. Was it? I think was it Joey Pena or Jesse? What was the guy's uh, guy's name? I think that, it is Pena. Yeah. So I mean, he, he replaced him, and it was funny because I think uh, Correa was actually on the post game in studio talking to the Astros after they no way uh, yeah after after they they won so you're looking at a Houston team right now that's up what 3-0 on the Yankees who somehow forgot how to hit oh the Yankees were complaining because they opened the stadium shut the hell up like, bro you play in an open stadium right right and yeah I just don't understand it and, and I know that Houston never opens it up I mean I think it was like the second time or third time all season so I, I thought that was kind of an odd choice considering the fact that like you had all the success during the regular season and then you want to what are you trying to throw a wrench into it like it was just it was it was odd choice yeah it's odd i mean i do like that ballpark though 
It is. It's a now cool that they took. Park. Now that they took that that it's hill, stupid hill in the back. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! I was like, yo, someone's gonna blow yeah. out their knee. Yeah, yeah, and it's happened. Yeah, it's happened. you see him climbing up that hill, and it's like, there's no warning. That's your warning track is running up a hill. Yeah. Who, who do you, who do you, Walter Payton running up that hill? Jesus. Kate, Kate Bush, calm down. Kate Bush. <laughs> uh, Jerry Pena is the man you're talking there about. There you go. So I mean. And and you look at the fact that you're just replacing pieces, right? Like you've yeah. seen some of their guys leave and go to other teams. Is it, uh, is it was it Springer? Is that the one that went up to uh, Toronto? It was Springer, it's Springer, and, and, and they, they still got Bregman. Yeah, and they replaced him with Trey Mancini, who was having a bad season right. with with the Orioles, and then comes over here and is like doing well, right? And I mean, winning that, culture that, changes that, everything. One hundred percent. You know that that a, a change of scenery, especially in baseball, when you're talking about such a long season, when mm-hmm. you just entrenched in a culture that is not going anywhere. I mean, you look at a guy who like Trey Mancini, who's been an all star for a while. He was like the only all star in Baltimore after they got rid of like Adam Jones and uh, and Machado. Right? They really had nothing, no no names over there. Um, and uh, for them for him to come over to Houston. Wow, for him to come over to Houston and uh, and do his thing, I mean, it's impressive. And, and it, it, again, it comes down to the culture, especially considering what you've seen through with everything that went on uh, with Hinch. No longer there. Now you're sitting there and you're talking about guys that are playing and playing very hard for you know 157 year old Dusty Baker. I mean, yeah, Dusty yeah, you very appropriate name for him at this point in his life because <laughs> he's dusty as hell. He's dusty as hell. So uh, what I was hearing is that the uh, Houston called the Cubs about uh, a certain catcher that's on your team. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, Machado. Who is it? Is it uh, Machado uh, behind the plate now? I forget his name. Oh no, uh, no, it's Christian Vasquez. No, and, who's um, Maldonado. Maldonado. Maldonado, who actually was on the Cubs for a cup of coffee a couple mm-hmm, years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, the, yeah, because I think Maldonado was hurt during the season, mm-hmm. and that, that's why they, they picked that's up what, yeah, Christian Vasquez from, from the Red Sox. Yeah, so they they called, but I don't think that uh, uh, Contreras wanted to be a backup, and that's probably what what no Contreras no Contreras is a starter in this. No, league, and he, he is, he is. But I think they were asking him to be well, step in, and then after that he would be he, backing up. He wants to be the man at the catcher position, considering the fact that he had to play second fiddle. He had to play third fiddle because you also had at the time when the Cubs won the World Series, you talking about David Ross and you're talking about Montero. Yep. Montero with that huge uh, grant was a grand slam, I think he mm-hmm, had. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're you, at that time you, again. You know, we're talking about you know what seven years ago at this point. But I mean, Contreras was like hell no. Nah, I'm the I man put my t- yeah. I put my time in hell yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, and, and looking at the uh, look, looking at the other side of the bracket, we got the the red hot Phillies who are playing San Diego right now, but mm-hmm. they went through St. Louis, who's always pesky. We both hate the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals, I mean, like it really cool stadium, cool atmosphere, actually a great place to watch baseball. Great, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great place to take a nice mean shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go but, back in the archives for that that's, one. Uh, that's right. Um, but but yeah, I mean like yeah, St. Louis is always tricky. I mean, you're looking at you you saw that kind of late season resurgence from a guy like Albert Pujols who's sitting there and he's trying to get over the hump to make sure he gets his 700. You're talking about a guy like Yadier Molina who I really want the Cubs to make Contreras into the Cubs version of, mm-hmm, of Yadi mm-hmm. um, Wayne Wright. I mean, you have a lot of really good players that are on that team, and you know you we we I think some of us uh, expected the Brewers to be the the front runner. In the the Brewers always collapse. 
man. That, Every and year. And and, and, it, and when they do when they do make the playoffs, it's as a uh, wild card, you know. So I mean, I don't think I, I didn't expect that much out of the Brewers, but I mean, just in general, the fact that they traded Josh Hader over to the Padres, I think they knew they that swapped. They were yeah, they swapped closers. You know what I mean? Which was weird, but I mean, I think that kind of tells you that the writing was on the wall for Milwaukee that they knew that they weren't going to be able to uh, to advance where they wanted to. So they're like, all right, let me give Hader a chance. Let me see what we can get back for him. But yeah, I mean, seeing the trajectory that the Phillies run right now, not only did they take out St. Louis in that wild card round, they went over it and took out the world champs from last year. Yeah, and that's one of the well, that was one series that I was very surprised about because the champs have a team that's stacked from top to bottom. They have youth, they have experience, and they ran the gauntlet pretty much because they were behind uh, uh, New York for a hundred and yeah. like forty seven days, and then they come out of nowhere and take New York out. Uh, out, of, out of first place so right. um and i mean there, were, there was even i think dick sporting goods in new york was actually selling mets uh uh yep. division champ shirts yep like, you idiots yep no. you fucking jinxed them that's a fine <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the other side you got uh, san diego and the mets i, I thought well, san diego's was, was easy to, to before we run over there yeah. i mean i i do want to talk about atlanta because i think the, the biggest problem with atlanta i feel like they overlooked philly yes and, and i think that when you look at their the biggest thing that they did wrong was their defensive mistakes because they had a lot of errors in that series and i really believe that's what took them down if they had the hunger that they had last year before winning the world series i feel like they would have had a much better chance and they could have taken up i agree i think they they were like oh it's just the phillies the phillies were one of the worst teams come at all-star break they had just come off firing their manager and they've made a couple of trades and they're like oh well it's just the phillies they're not going to do anything this year well i mean and, and you look up and down at that phillies roster i mean you, you know we're talking about the phillies versus the padres right now and you mm-hmm. see the similarities and the parallels between Machado and Bryce Harper and the fact that, you know, we've been sitting here. The the Washington Nationals won the World Series the year after they Bryce traded left. Bryce Harper. Yep. Or, or he went uh, he left the free agency. He left right? the free agency. So I mean like you know, you're sitting there, you're like Bryce who was the face of the the Nats for for a while since he came up and, and made his debut. Right. He makes his way over to Philly uh, in, in one of their rivals, right? It's like one of our guys going over to St. Louis or, you know, the Brewers or something like that. Right. As far as, you know, the North Side team. Um but we didn't see that production. We didn't see that big, like, hurting that we thought that, that the Phils were going to put on people. And then they get Schwarber, and then they get Castellanos, and they keep going and going. Noah Syndergaard, yeah. David Robinson from the Cubs. And, and they, yeah, they traded for him. They traded for uh, Syndergaard, who was on the Angels. So, I mean, like, I mean, I think Thor should have stayed with the Angels just for the, the trajectory and just for my own, like, Mind branding that that's what that, like that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be at Disney yeah. right yeah but yeah i mean like him coming over to the phillies i mean it's it's been a very interesting thing that they've been able to do and now they're sitting up looking pretty uh up 3-1 on uh on the padres getting ready to go to the world series and and padres fighting back right now man well the padres were one of those teams that were getting beat up by big brother again again the same same story all around baseball and then this one little brother took out big brother yep and I mean, look, San Diego has definitely 1,000% paid their dues on their way to the NLCS. I mean, considering the fact that you did have to go in there and take out the Mets, who is a powerhouse mm-hmm. that just kind of faltered at the end of the season. I think San Diego got hot at the right time and, and the Mets like fell at the, at the wrong time. Yep. Um, and, and that's how they were able to overcome. And then they went over and uh, put a hurting on your uh, on your boys in blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it looks like the two teams that had over 100 wins are about to be... Uh 
kicked out of the playoffs. I mean, look, it, it, it's I, I've actually seen a lot of people complain, saying, "Well, you know, they, the the wild card is too much because you know why the, the guys that've been good all season should have a better chance and this and that." I'm like, if you're the if you're the best team or you're one of the better teams all season, then continue to be the better team. I mean, don't just sit there and you know. Again, we know that when it comes to the playoffs, especially when it comes to Major League Baseball, I mean, it's hot, most of the time it's the hottest team that that does it. Yeah. When you look at Atlanta. What happened, Atlanta last year had the worst record in, in I think one of the worst records in baseball at the, at the uh, halfway mark, and then mm-hmm. they came up and won the World Series. You know, right. so like I said, I I've, what the the thing that I always say is like all you need is a chip and a chair. If you can get me a seat at the table, I'm gonna do whatever I can to win the damn thing, and and that's that's how it goes. You know, I mean, like sometimes being the underdog is an advantage to you because there's not there's the, you don't have all that pressure, you don't have the expectations of being the 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 World Series chance from from last year or you know. Being the team that almost and, and almost won the uh, the NL uh, East and then faltered at the end, or being a team like the Dodgers with a gigantic payroll, and yeah. you know the, the 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 Padres right now. I mean, they're just kind of living on borrowed time. They're they're exactly they're they're very very good parallel for a team like the Phillies because they're in the exact same position. You got really good players that are some, especially their pitching, are going towards the end of their career, right. but you have a lot of really good young hitters. And the fact that they went out and got Juan Soto after everything that went down in, in Washington, I mean, I think that was a surprise. And that, he, he had a rough year. He did. He had he a did. rough year. He's barely turning it around right now. San Diego has has taken a beating by the Dodgers all year. They, they lost yeah. a series. And then they took it to the Dodgers. They said, nope, this is not happening anymore. We're going to change the narrative. Right. All our guys are showing up. We're doing all the fundamental stuff. And like you said, the Dodgers had spent so much money on payroll. Yeah. So much money. And so did the Yankees. And it didn't equate to anything. And that's what that's what we love baseball. You can spend, you can buy a team. It doesn't mean you're going to win. Well, I mean, and that's the same reason why you see Tampa keep showing up on, and, you of know, course, in, year after year in your bracket because they're just, they, they, they're a tough organization. They have a shit uh, fan base. There's nobody there watching the games. It's sad. It, it, they have no, uh, no stadium. I mean, it's baseball in Florida is just miserable. Um, but but the fact of the matter is, is that Tampa finds a way to stay in it. There's a duck again. I see that. Just hanging out. Where, where, where are they in? Are they in Philly? They're, They're in Philly, Philly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why the weather sucks ass. But yeah, yeah, quack quack. <laughs> so uh, right now, what are we looking? at? What's the score here? I think it's I think it's tied up still. Yeah, no, oh, no, no, San no. Diego they scored. Came up. Azucar scored. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet boy. Uh, so right now, Philly's up three to one in the series. I mean, I, but the Padres are up three two in the game. Yeah, but Darvish you, still still he's pitching. Still, yeah, he's still pitching. Seventh, at the bottom of the seventh, eighty only eighty five pitches. He's a workhorse. Yeah. Well, I'm, but he's I'm always saying, been. It's your bottom of the seven is only 86 pitches at this point. I mean, you he think he can about, finish the game? Yeah, oh, he can 100% finish the game, and that would be extremely beneficial for the Padres, especially with Lee right here. If they can close it out, if if somehow Darvish can finish out this game, that would be so great for their bullpen because it puts you in a position now where the Phillies are really the pressures on them. They got to win. They have to win one of the, the last two games uh, to to try to make it over to the World Series. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, so if you're looking at the World Series matchup, which we'll probably uh, talk about that you know another episode, the Yankees are going to be out. You got Houston. So you, you you right now you're looking at Houston's up three nothing. You and they're going to play later on this evening. The fat lady's already singing. You give no chance to the to the Yankees, Yankees no. at all, not okay. to win the series. Okay, I mean, you know, look, it's baseball, man. We've seen weirder things. We have, but I, I we, just we've seen weirder things. The Yankees are hitting one thirty three. Again, 
Uh, okay, Feast Al- or famine. Al- Altuve is what 0 for 28. He has the worst open uh, in the playoffs. No, no, he, no, he got a hit yesterday. Oh, he got a hit. Yeah, was it was it a little hit? It was, exactly. Little, oh, you gave me to it. A little baby hit. A little baby hit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now you look at so you're taking obviously you're taking Houston to go yeah. to the, the World Series yep. on the AL side, and I mean who is very consistent? I mean how many times have they been in the ALCS? I think it's like six in a row, right? That that's the model of consistency. Yeah, that's the old Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. We're always it's gonna like, be that's, there. That's perfect. And yeah. then now you're looking at two kind of teams that are really I, I have fought tooth and nail to get to this position, going through the Mets and and uh, and the World Series champion Braves from last year and the LA Dodgers. I mean. You look at these two teams, they're very closely parallel in a lot of ways. The mm-hmm. way that they're built, like I said, uh, Machado and Harper, first pick overall, third pick overall, signed the same year with their new teams. All of the, the things that we've seen that are parallel, who are you taking from the NL to go to the World Series? Uh, I'm going Philly. I got to go with the hot hand. Got to go with the hot hand. Okay. So, so I want we, sure I want sure we're in there again. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I I don't doubt that. I mean, I I, I would like to see uh, Darvish kind of get some redemption in in a World Series as well, especially going mm, back up against Houston. Mm. I think that would be a very interesting uh, uh, narrative to see. Like after everything that went on, after all the shit that everyone gave him, you know, you garbage and this and that. <laughs> right? He was with the Dodgers, and it comes out, and it came out to be hundred percent. He's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm a good pitcher. Everyone yeah. knows I'm, a, and it fucked up his psyche for a it couple did. years. And yeah. finally, like with that last year. The Cubs, you saw him straighten it out, but I mean, oh, they pulled him, and now he's pulled six plus. Okay, he's got to run around second here, but I mean, like, look, considering the fact, considering the fact that you're looking at everything that he had to deal with today, being down after that Hoskins uh, uh, home run with with score on base to make it two nothing, and all that crap that he keeps digging out of his cleats, I mean, is, it, it, it is pouring. It is pouring. It, if you have no footing, that that affects your pitching big time. So, I think you uh, Darvish has found his groove again, and uh, he's, he's going to be one of those pitchers that's going to be looked at. To, to be a staple to uh, uh, hold on a rotation. Oh, we're just watching highlights right mm-hmm. now. But, uh, you know, for me, it, it, I, w- I, I got to go with the Phillies, but I would love to see San Diego because they've never won a championship. Right, right. And I think Phillies was 08 was there. The yeah, one we watched with, with the, Ryan, Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard, yeah. yeah. I yeah. actually bought a Phillies hat right after, too. I bought a Phillies hat because uh, I like the... Old time Philly? The old time, no. I like their, their old school uh, logo with the P. Uh, oh, the Schmidt one, the Mike yeah. Schmidt one. The, yeah. well, the, the one, well, the one that they use now for it, it's the yeah that that one there. That's the thing. but you just never saw it a lot of the time. I think they had kind of a different logo they were using at the time. It was like a bell or something like that. For yeah, the, it was the bell. Yeah, and it's and it's lucky also for Philly that the Eagles are off this week, being the only undefeated team, and you got a Sunday game. And what if they both win the world, the World Series, and the, and the uh, Super Bowl? Well, I mean, you got a you got. What at least eleven more games for for the Eagles, mm-hmm. so that's a long ways away. But, but they I mean, got to play the Cowboys and everybody no, else. And, and here's the thing: it's a, it's an interesting point that you actually brought up because I've I've thought about sports in Philadelphia recently, considering the fact that you have the Eagles doing really well right now. You have what the Phillies are doing, um, and and uh, and you look at the Sixers who have a very good team too and have been contending. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you, it's a sweet time to be a, a, a Philly a, fan. A, a yeah. Philly fan, absolutely. I, I mean, I mean, how how are the Flyers doing? I have no idea. They're flying away. <laughs> gritty is doing the gritty somewhere. <laughs> All right. So so you're taking Philly to play Houston in Houston. the World Series. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, still see, I still see Houston in six. Okay. Okay. I mean, look, I, I, it's hard to dispute what they're doing right now. I think a, a really key component of Houston not only winning the series but winning the World Series is going to be – you know Alvarez continuing to hit because he's just he's in, a, in the right mind frame right now. I mean he's a guy 
Um, I look at him. I look at Miguel uh, Sano in uh, in Minnesota. Guys that I kind of paralleled when I, you know, because I play fantasy baseball a lot. Right. So I kind of paralleled their um, careers, and one has not done what I expected, and Alvarez has actually absolutely been amazing. Um, but I, I think really what it comes down to, the key cog in, in them winning another World Series, it's not Verlander, who is going to be very important. It's not Alvarez. It's Altuve. Yeah. Altuve has to bring his bat, no matter how small it is. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how little that bat is, you got to bring it out, son, and so, you know, wakata la pelota. You gotta do something with that damn thing, bro. Because you can't stop stop watching strikes, bro. I don't know what your problem is, but you gotta start start hitting that sucker. And and the problem, I think, a big part of the problem is, is that uh, the bat is so big that by the time he starts swinging, he can't check that swing. Right? That shit takes him off. Like it's he's up, and the balloons just float away. <laughs> Judge uses a uh, bat the size of Altuve. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. My favorite thing is when when uh, Judge is on second base because then you see him. It literally looks like he looks like it looks like me when I walk with my buddy Kyle. Looks like somebody taking his dad to the park, right? Or like a dad, like come here, son. Would you like an ice cream? So well, who are you taking? So we can close this out and move on to the uh, important stuff. Oh, the important stuff. Look, I, I honestly, I think they are on the right track. I think Houston is going to be the ones that uh, to take the World Series right here. Um, assuming they get past the Yankees, assuming that the uh, uh, the Phils will go on and, and and be the NL representative for the World Series. But uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but I, I just think that the way that they're positioned, I think also because Dusty still has not won a World Series. Um, I think they're right now are playing for him, okay. which you see a lot because he's older managers, um, and him and his rubber gloves uh, are gonna are gonna win a World <laughs> Series this year. He's giving everybody prostate exams. So, so you got so you got Houston in Houston six. I mean, I, I gotta. I'll jump on that one with you. I mean, I just. I, I mean, we're gonna watch every game. You know that. Oh yeah, so we are. Matter. But I, I, I can't see. I mean, I don't know, man. They're just steamrolling through everybody, man. Yeah, and, and and that's what they do, right? That's what they do all the time. Um, again, I, I think it's impressive considering they're bringing up young guys to replace a guy like Carrera who sat there and told all of us last year, it's my time. Well, it's your time to watch this year. So I'm wondering if he's regretting that that decision right now. Because here's the thing, him being a free agent, yes. right, they they had a guy ready to take his spot. So it wasn't yes. like he was like, oh, they, they struggled. To, how do you fill his shoes, right? No. So they had someone ready to to, to actually. They, he was blocking him from coming up, and now he's there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I gotta go with you, and, and I think uh, maybe Houston wins a legitimate World Series this year. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a legitimate World Series. I mean, there's, I'm, I don't know, are they getting policed? I. <laughs> I would assume so. I haven't heard any bangs. I haven't seen Altuve like grab his chest and make sure the buzzer was still working, or you know. And, and I just, I, I think that all of it was would really confuse Dusty. But to be fair, as far as we know, AJ Hinch didn't know what was going on behind his back anyway. So I mean, it's possible that there's something you know skeevy going on. But I, I, I think honestly, I think that's the biggest shame of it uh, of the whole thing was the fact that when you look up and down their roster and you look at the talent that they had with Springer and Bregman and Altuve and Carrera, I think the shame of it is that. They were there was cheating involved with it. Whether right. it helped them, whatever it is, you know, just knowing the pitch, yeah, you can prepare well, for it. Helped out too, man. You still got to hit it. Yeah, you, you still got to hit it. Right, yeah. that's the same thing with Sammy and Mark McGuire. Right. Juice them up all yeah. you want. You still got to hit. The and ball. they were, and they were all three of those guys were way really good hitters before right. they took the steroids. Anyway, so, so Correct. it doesn't really matter. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with our favorite Cubs and White Sox playoff teams after a word from our sponsor. 
Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. <laughs> Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TrueFan15. TrueFan15. For 15, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 15%, 
Gary, yeah, that, that, it was a lot of personality. Glenn Allen Hill. First of all, let me tell you about Glenn Allen Hill. Glenn Allen Hill <laughs> had a bat that was, he had a two-tone bat, and I think one, the handle was black, and the actual barrel was red. And I remember Glenn Allen Hill hitting, like, the longest home runs yep. all the way out of, out of Wrigley and hitting the buildings across the street. Yep, all the time. Monster. That, that's why I remember him. I remember having his baseball card. I was yeah. like, oh, man, this dude is stacked. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had really, you know, it's funny because you had former White Sox Lance Johnson as well on this team. Yeah. Mark, obviously, Mr. Consistent, Mark Grace. Yes. Um, other names like Terry Mulholland, Mickey yep. Morandini. Um, wow. Uh, Scott Service. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. You literally had, like, all these guys that were mosh posh and put together. Well, I mean, that's, again, uh, use and experience, and you're talking about Kerry Woods, Kerry Woods' rookie season, right? Right. You're, like you said, uh, Kevin Ory is another one that third mm-hmm, baseman that mm-hmm. never really kind of came into fruition the way you expected him to. Yep. Glenn, Glenn Ellen Hill, like you said, I mean, he, he was claimed off of waivers from the Mariners, right? Yep. So he was just a guy that was out there. Um, of course, the legendary Rod Beck, who back. swung his arm back and forth, I yeah. mean, and the mullet and the big belly and all that stuff. Um, Felix Heredia, I mean, you know, up and down again. Um, another name that's uh, um, Jeff Blauser. Jeff Blauser, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so once you go up back and forth, and people forget, like, Jim Jim Riggleman as a manager actually doing very well that yes. year. I, th- I believe that he went on later after he was let go from the Cubs, and he went on, and uh, I believe he managed the Nationals for a while after that. But you also had uh, Billy Williams as your bench coach that season. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's just, it, again, it, it, it was a fun, fun season. Um, you know, you had Sammy Sosa hitting hitting home runs off of everybody. He hit one off of uh, Greg Maddox, our favorite Ryan Dempster, Latroy Hawkins, who was a Cub. Um, I mean, there was just that he hit home runs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were good, bad, or or in the middle. I mean, he was taking them out of the ballpark. So that Oral Hershiser, Oral Hershiser, he Sammy Sosa. Um, Jason Beret, another guy that was on the Cubs, um, Jose Lima. So I mean, that was it. Was just one of those seasons. Whether they had won the World Series or not, there was just a lot of significant milestones. Like I said, uh, Sosa's home run uh, uh, race against McGuire, Kerry Wood. It was just, it was just a magical season. And like I said, that was the season where I fell in love with baseball. And that's why I think baseball should allow people to juice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it brought you in as a fan. But it's, but here's especially the thing, a young fan. And, and and we talked a little bit about it before. It was like the fact that you got to remember that even though like, oh, the batter did this, the batter. Oh, I can't believe. Hey, the pitchers were juiced up too. Yep. Juice was juiced. Was it? You know yeah. what I mean? Hell yeah! So it was a one way street. I mean, they were they were both, uh, you know, both taking the scissorp. Yeah, but if you look at it now, like the exit velocity wasn't measured at that point, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah, you, so, you had the distance, but not the view. Yeah, so it's like, you know, we would, we would never know how fast those balls are leaving the ballpark. No. As, as fast, well, it's faster than Sammy Sosa turned white. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the second time I've referenced this on the show. <laughs> All right, man, who is in your number three of your top three White Sox playoff teams? You know, for, for me, it's... Very similar to you where you, you got introduced to baseball for a certain thing. And for me, it was the 90 Sox, but I'm picking the 1993 White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good guys wear black White Sox. That was the logo. <laughs> that, right. that was the logo. I mean, the, the pitch, right? Um, so you're looking at, you know, in the 90s, they, they, they were in the West Division. So they were mm-hmm. out there with Oakland and Texas. So they were in that division, which made no sense at all. Um so in 1990, they won 94 games, but only to be second behind Oakland A's. 
Um, and what? yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah, they were they so were in the West. So 90, 93 White Sox, right? Ninety three White Sox. Yeah. Okay. So I got them as ninety four and sixty eight. Yeah, they won ninety four games. Okay. Yeah, and then they they were second to Oakland, right? No, Oakland was terrible. Oakland was sixty eight ninety four. They were they were first place in 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 ninety three. Okay. Yeah. They, so they were ninety four and sixty eight, and the Rangers were behind them in eighty six and and seventy six. So they actually had a pretty. Pretty good lead there. They were they were eight games ahead and won the division. But either way, like you're looking at a team who had like really like just magnificent Ooh. players. Yeah, you look at this is the young nucleus of, of Frank Thomas, Robin Ventura, Jack mm-hmm. McDowell, mm-hmm. Uh, Alvarez. You had uh, Hernandez, the closer. Ozzy on, on the team. Tim coming. Rains. He was coming back off off a knee injury. Joey Cora. Joey Cora was yeah. also up the middle. You George, had we see yeah we had George Bell. Yes, we had George Bell because we uh, we had traded for the Cubs. Yep. Um, we had Ellis Burks, who signed a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came over from Boston. We had uh, The Rock, Tim Raines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Ron Karkovice and Carlton Fisk. You see, yep. You uh, got, yep. Mike, Mike Lavari, right? Dude, this is the Bo, this is a Bo Jackson team. This is the well, Bo Jackson. This is the first year Bo Jackson actually produced because he was coming off the hip uh, surgery right, right. from from football. Um, you had closer Robert, like I said, Roberto Hernandez, but like. Bo, Bo was it. Yeah. Bo was it. That was the X factor, man. Three-year deal. It was all incentive-laden. Uh, I remember that. And, uh, you know, yeah, Bo knows. Bo does know. I, I've actually, it's funny enough is that I've actually been thinking about Bo Jackson lately because I really do want to get a, uh, I want to get that poster with the with the, uh, with the the bat and the, uh, the shoulder pads. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, you're looking at a team that was stacked with talent. I mean, this team right here should have won a World Series. Yes. Well, they were going to win the World Series, and then there was a strike in 94. Right. Uh, funny enough, Carlton Fisk was on the team. He was 45. I believe it. He was 45, and uh, they released him. Well, yeah, because he's 45. <laughs> That's probably why. I mean, he was like, all right. Fucking Pudge. You've been you've been on enough teams called the Sox. Let's go. It's time. It's time. <laughs> it's time. What do you remember about this team? Um, not I. I remember bits and pieces because, like I said, I wasn't. I at the time, I'm really focusing on football and, and basketball, right? Especially the smack in the middle of the Bulls era. Yeah, playing basketball literally every single day, so I wasn't really entrenched in it. But I do remember. Um, I do remember how special it was. Um, and, and how excited fans were getting around the city. I mean, you know, I, again to this day, I remember. Uh, you know, newscasters, Chicago local newscasters from the 80s and 90s. For some unknown reason, I have this thing. But I just remember Jack McDowell being a really just great pitcher at the time. And uh, I, I just remember you you did have, like, so many personalities. Like you said, Carlton Fisk, you, t- you know what I mean? Frank Thomas, Ozzy, like, uh, Bo Jackson, all these guys on this team that, you know, were, like, e- e- if you look at it now, it's Steve Staggs, George Bell. You look at it now, you're like, how the hell did they get that team together? All, mm-hmm. all in the, you know what I mean? In the, in, the same, uh, in the same dugout at once. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I do know something you will remember, though. Okay. August of that year was the incident between a Texas Ranger pitcher oh. and Robin Ventura. So that's something I know you do remember. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin's that, still hurting. Yeah, Robin's still hurting. He's still got a, a nuggy or what do you call it? Nuggie? I'm pretty nuggie. sure. Here's the thing. I, I mean, like, especially after seeing Robin's Robin Ventura and the way that he managed the White Sox, God. I'm pretty sure that he would still get his ass beat in that scenario. At this age, I mean, I like still think Nolan can kick his ass. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when you, that boy's from Texas, right? Well, it's not just that, but I mean, you think about you think about how, how hard pitchers move their arm and how fast. 
I mean, if you make a fist, I mean, you're going to break your fucking fist, but you're also going to break my face. Mm-hmm. And Robin knew it. Yeah, Robin felt it. Uh, you, this, this team was going up against the Blue Jays in the playoffs. And we all know what the Blue Jays did that year. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, I mean that was look that that was a a, a team with some Joe Car- players. Yeah, I Joe mean, Carter, yeah. John Olerud, Paul Monitor. Yep. I mean, Dave Stewart. Yeah, coming over from from the A's. I mean, they they had a stack team as well, so they 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 took care of business, and uh, you know it is what it is. So I'll, t- I'll tell you something uh, interesting about the 1993 White Sox uh, season as a whole as an organization. A, the AA uh, manager for the Birmingham Barons, who we all know because Michael Jordan played with him. Yeah. Terry Francona. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Terry Francona. Yeah. I saw the last dance. <laughs> no, Terry Francona has always been a pretty good, uh, like really good manager. And, uh, he, you know, he can't he cut his teeth for here. So um, it's sad that we couldn't promote him and keep him. You know, it, it, it's it, this is definitely... Um, that's one of those seasons where you sit there and it's always thinking about what if, right? Because, oh, yeah. because of the amount of talent on the team, because of the personalities that you had on the team. Um, so I'm going to take it over and I'm going to go to my number two for the Cubs sure. since we're talking about what ifs. Mm-hmm. And it's the 2003 Chicago Cubs. This is the Bartman year. This is the the um, the Alex Gonzalez botched, you know, all right up to the right mm-hmm. to the shortstop. I mean, it is a it is a hard hard season to think about. I, I'll tell you what, they I still have a VHS somewhere of me recording because you know whenever they they have series, especially with baseball, um, but whenever they, you have a team in the playoffs, every local news uh, team is on there reporting from the field from yeah. the stadium, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're out in the front. So I still have clips of them almost winning the World Series. Um, it, it, that was a very it, when it came down to it again. Now we're talking 2003, we're talking about five years into my baseball, you know, interest mm-hmm, in my, mm-hmm. my, you know, fandom, if you want to say it. Um, Dusty Baker, the manager, coming over, and, and we thought we had, you know, the greatest manager ever, even though like all he did was defend his players and never actually, you know, hold them accountable for anything, right? That was a big problem. But I mean, look, they this is a season they went 88 and 74, they won the division for the first time since 94, and it was their first uh, division title since 1989. They they went on, um, they beat the Braves, who was always their, their the, the team that they could never get over. And you're talking about a, a Braves team that's starting to get old in 2000s because right. they were just dominant throughout the 90s. And uh, unfortunately, they lost to the oldest manager in the history of baseball, Jack McKeon, with that fucking cigar hanging out of his mouth. He had no idea he was even where he was at. He's like, what the hell's a Marlin? You know? <laughs> But yeah, they, they lost four to three, and they were what? It was it five outs away from going to the World Series in that in that mm-hmm. year. What do, what do you remember about that year? Um, I thought it was a good team. I think it was two thousand three. Mm, what was that? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking, just thinking because uh, in '98 I was working at Jewel. Yeah. Or uh, and then I, I worked at the TCF afterwards inside of there. So I'm right. like, okay, was I still there for that or not? But um, what I do remember. Um, the guys that you had on on a team like Eric Carroll's, Kenny Lofton, mm-hmm. uh, Ramon Martinez, um, Mark Pryor, uh, Ramos Ramirez that you got from the Pirates. This is a team when when you start talking about all the players on the team. Like I said, when I I, I really started paying attention in '98, but 2003 was the one where I remember significant moves and events like that happened. When you talk about when they brought over. Uh, 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 Aramis Ramirez. They brought over Randall Simon, who mm-hmm. had the thing where he hit the you know the, the sausage 
race right. guy. Yeah. Um, when they brought Kenny Lofton over, I mean, which was really really weird to see him in a, a young Zambrano. A young Zambrano. You're looking at you're looking at one of the the best constructed um, rotations that oh, yeah. really just never came to fruition. I mean, you looking at Mark Pryor, who was supposed to be the mes- next big thing and the greatest thing on the planet, um, and and he just really couldn't overcome. He had a great season that year, but he couldn't overcome the calf issues going forward. Um, same thing with, with Kerry Wood. I mean, being five years now into the league, I mean, being the the captain mm-hmm. of that that pitching staff, um, and and doing really well. You know, I, I think I still have the the Sports Illustrated with with um, Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor, where they're holding the baseball that's on fire. You know, um, you talk about. Our, our, our good friend Carlos Zambrano, big the the other big Z, right? The other big Z with all his trophies in the background, right. um, and and just really starting on on his career. I mean, I think he's the same age as us. Uh, Matt Clement, and I think the other one was uh, Sean Sean Estes. I think was one of the other the other pitcher in that rotation. Um, but I mean, every everyone in that team had double digit uh, victories. Um, it, it just it, it's a shame that that team was just so so close and he just re they just couldn't and i mean they only won the division by one game when, when houston was in our division you know and uh, it's just it, they were just so so close so close so what what's so worse what's worse was this loss worse or was i don't know because you're you're a bigger bears fan than anything well, I mean, can you equate this, that like to the double doink? I, like, which I, one's worse? No, because here, here's the thing: is that I I hadn't been a Cubs fan long enough to understand the heartbreak. Uh, this was my first, like, because with the '98 season, I, I what I took out of the '98 season was that home run race was that okay. This is something, right? Like, I'm paying attention to this now, um, and it, it is something that that ignited a fire. But I mean, this was that first team where like every time. You, they took the field once you started seeing like the just the, the amazing things that were happening as they kept going like I said and they're adding pieces and they got this guy they got that guy and they brought in Moises Alou and you had you know Sammy out there and you had the bump uh, Corey Passion I never, knew you were going to say that he never freaking panned out you know what I mean like it, I, I just I, when I'm looking at their roster right now and I remember what all of these guys look like. I remember what they pitched like. I remember their batting stances. You know, Todd, look, Todd Wellemeyer, mm-hmm. Mike Runs, Runlinger with his little black and uh, salt and pepper, like little beard he had there. Um, Sergio Mitre, who murdered someone, I think, uh, later on. He, I'm not even kidding. He actually <laughs> yeah, killed somebody. Farnsworth, who was just is like an MMA fighter or something like that now, or like a crazy-ass bodybuilder. I remember when he... he yeah, he's uh, a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, I remember when he, he got into a fight with uh, the dude from the Reds. Sean Casey and just yeah. left him just fucking bloody. That was awesome. Um, Joe Borowski, <laughs> just the, the big old Polak back there, just like swing. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what he was. I mean, hey, hey, he's a ski, right? I mean, look, he's I mean, a ski. It, ski, it, it ski. is what it is. But I mean, like, you're just a big, tough, strong son of a bitch, right? Like a like a, a salt of the earth, like blue collar worker. I mean, you had a lot of those guys on this team. Damian Miller, the catcher. Um, Doug Glanville, like all these guys that came over and joined this team to help push him over the right. edge. And again, you got Gary Matthews, Cubs legend, and they just couldn't beat it. I mean, it's, it's just like I said, it was that one one. It was my first chance at heartbreak as a as a baseball fan. And I love I loved it. I, I, I'll tell you what. There's no good without the bad, right? Yeah. That that experiencing that made the World Series win that much sweeter. Of course. Of course. 
you well again you're not a lifelong cup fan but you were you you jumped Look, in i mean like uh, I'm, I'm mostly like it's, it's at least half my life at yeah, point, yeah 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 you know I mean? yeah so but like you know you didn't experience the the 84 and the 89 right, and right. all those right so for you to experience the 98 like oh my god this is amazing yeah. and then you know a couple years later we're, we're gonna go to the world series yeah. And then the momentum is just literally sucked out of the, yeah. the stadium. It's Bartman. Stupid-ass Bartman. Do you, do, you, do you blame him? Pull your fucking handbag, man. I mean, like, you know, here, the, I'll tell you. It's like, a natural reaction put out there. It is. Ouch, a, I, but, ca- like, when I catch the ball comes to me, right? Like, that's how, I mean, you know, I, the ball comes to you. You receive the ball. Mm-hmm. You don't sit out there and poke at the ball. You don't stab at the ball. You don't that's swipe we, at the ball. That's because we played. That's different. Dick. <laughs> you, you still had a, a couple plays right after that where they botched the ball, and that, and that's that. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it, it just it 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 changed the dynamic of not just the game but the series itself. You're up three one, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, hey man, what, what are you talking about? Oh shit! Um, look, <laughs> that's the whole show. We're talking about old shit. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was just it was such a it was such a heartbreaker because that essentially when that happened, it it kind of opened up the floodgates. You had. Farnsworth in there. I mean, you know, Remlinger went out. He gave up a single to Juan Pierre, who ended up, you know, one of these guys that ended up on the Cubs. Really weird that you had Juan Pierre and you had Derek Lee come over to the Cubs, who were who were who were on the Cubs for a long time because you. That's the year that you got Aramis Ramirez. Then you sat there and you had Aramis to Derek Lee. For you had Ronnie Sedano over there at shortstop yeah. for a while. You know, you kind of like you had an established little group right there. But the problem was was that after that 03 season, your pitching just couldn't stay consistent. You had a Zambrano just getting pissed off at everyone and, be, and breaking the water uh, the water coolers. Oh, and yeah. and everything. oh he, hey, he was a great hitter. He was. He was a great hitter, especially when he came to the to the key rate buckets. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, just Matt Clement. Like, just, it, it it was the heartbreaking thing about the 2003 Cubs was when you saw that happen, and then you saw, uh, um, you saw Boston break their curse, right? And then the Cardinals won, and oh, I think the White Sox won, White and then the Sox. Cardinals won, and you're just sitting there watching the. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, you're what? The Red Sox. And I, I remember distinctly following the Red Sox at Aaron freaking Boone when he hit the home run for the Yankees to oh. knock out the Red Sox and I think the ALCS. And then, you know, and then that's when the, that was just, that's, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same year that uh, the Marlins went on to beat the Yankees in the World Series in 03. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just, it, it was, there's definitely still a little like, uh, I, 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 one, one thing I remember distinctly was Eric Carros when him and Zalonic got traded over from the Dodgers to the Cubs. I remember Eric Carroll's um, during all the festivities. Every time they won, he had a little camcorder and he was recording everything because he was with the Dodgers for so long. And at the time that you know, it's not like now okay. uh, where they have the crazy inflated payroll. But at the time, he was soaking it in just like everyone else, right? And he was like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna be a part of when the Cubs win break the World the, Series break and the curse. break the curse." Yeah. And even a guy like him who had not been with the organization that long, you saw the heartbreak for him. I think anytime players come over to the Cubs, they understand very quickly the passion of the Cub fans, the history of the team, and how magical it is to be playing on that field. They understand that very quickly. Um, and they and they soak it up. You see a lot of these players live in a the neighborhood. Um, they walk oh, yeah, to the ballpark. Yeah, they they yeah. they'll take their bike to the ballpark. They become 
part of the fabric of what is Wrigleyville. Arietta and Lester lived like a few blocks from Wrigley. I remember doing like service calls. I'm like, oh yeah, my neighbor is John Lester. We're just walking down the street. Or it went over. And Arietta was like, yeah, Arietta was actually across the alley from me. He just never leaves his house. He's kind of weird. Yeah, I believe that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. He's like working out fucking 12 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Who is coming in at number two for you? For the White Sox. You, you, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, shit. Is it Harper? Oh. Harper just hit a home run. Oh, wow. A two-run bomb to put him back in the lead. Wow. Well, that's going to be game over, folks. To the bottom of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth. up for three over San Diego. Good thing we're not getting sued for calling this live. No, we're not. That's <laughs> right. All right. Um, number two, right? Number two spot for you, Number sir. two, 2020 White Sox. 20? Uh, you, know you know why I'm going to this? Because... It, it's it's been a while, <laughs> it's been a while since uh, they made the playoffs. And last time they made the playoffs was twenty oh eight. So it's been you know twelve years, and you know it was for me. It's because the culmination of tearing down the entire thing to the studs, okay. trading your Chris Sale and trading everybody else and letting people go, and now the kids are actually up on the roster. They're actually starting to produce. You, your 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 free agents are starting to produce. Your international signings are starting to produce. Mm. And guess what? You get a manager uh, uh, over from the Cubs who is good with kids, good with developing and holding people accountable. And Ricky Renteria. You know, it's it's an interesting season um, because you look at some of the transactions that they made. That's that's when they brought over Yasmani Grandal. They extended Abreu. They had McCann in their grasp, and they let him go. Yep. Um, you brought in No More Mazzara, your favorite. I remember you Fuck that, dude. You love him. Oh my He's God. your favorite. Um, they brought back Gio for the 34th time yeah. as, his, as a White Sox player. Yeah. Um, they brought over Keiko, um, which, you know. At the time, was a good move. Great move at the time, especially coming off of, you know, the year before when he won the World Series. Exactly. They started kind of dismantling that team. Tim Madison um, was in full, full stride. Yeah. Lou Bob gets his extension um you had incarnacion who came mm-hmm. over to do some good things and your boy steve shishek uh, that was you know and then that was right before the beginning of the season who went on to play for the cubs and i think back on the white Sox and back and forth so i mean it, it was it was i was a little in, uh, it, it kind of threw me off a little bit the fact that this was your number two favorite playoff team and and i i get the the reasoning why because it, was, it reminds you of 93 yeah it reminds you of 93 because yeah. you saw these kids come up being drafted and then the free agents that came in and it was just like magic these guys all started playing very well and you know ricky's boys didn't quit you know that that was the thing you know there was a you know the model ricky's boys don't quit and they kept coming back and didn't lose a lot of games yeah and i mean look the, they they managed to sneak in there win the you know get a get a spot on the wild card that's because it wasn't like they had a spectacular season i mean this is that weird covid season it's the covid season yeah you know where where the dodgers finally found a way to win you know even though it wasn't a whole season a chip I, is a chip yeah a chip is a it's a piece of a chip um it's a broken chip <laughs> and and the fact that you picked a team that was managed by ricky renteria and and and, and i 100 percent agree with the fact that this was a guy that held the team accountable I, let me now that we're we're bringing up Ricky Renteria. Yeah. Okay. Looking at the last couple seasons with your boy TLR, do you think that <laughs> you're associating me with a lot of people I do a, not like? A lot of people, um, <laughs> especially him. Um, what do you think would have been different for the White Sox this season in particular if they would have he- still had Ricky Renteria at the helm? 
you would see a lot more fundamentals because Ricky Renteria was all about the fundamentals. When when Moncada wasn't fielding right or running to first, hey, grab a seat next to the bench right here next to me, and we're going to watch the rest of the game. Same, he did the same thing with Eloy, the same thing with Lou Bob, and all these guys. Hey, nope, we don't play like that. And Abreu didn't have to do anything. Well, I don't even think Abreu was a vocal leader. He does does what he does. But, you know, it it, it really was frustrating to see going from Ricky Renting, who held his players accountable. Is he the greatest manager? No. To then fire him and say, hey, we're going to get the greatest manager in the world yeah. who's 145 years old and, you know, grew up with Dracula. <laughs> And then this man's sleeping on the job and doesn't hold his players accountable. He was a hard ass that just wasn't there. He was the great grandfather at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really, I, I, I would have loved to be on your season recap for the White Sox. Um, we can do it again. We, we, we can. <laughs> the problem is, is that we'll venture off and like start going in, the, in that direction. I, I really don't want to do that. Um, but as, as a, as a baseball fan and a Chicagoan, it was an extremely frustrating season for me to watch as someone who wasn't even like, a, you know, I'm not like a diehard. I, I'll pay attention to the White Sox. I think everyone right. knows that. But I'm not like, I don't live and die White Sox, right? Like I have, you know, I have my little section of the bobbleheads over there, the, the, the White Sox section. That's that, my little corner. The little corner with the flag and everything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I feel like, there was so much wasted potential in this season that I don't, I don't, there's no doubt in my mind that, um, that Ricky would have just done a much better job of holding them accountable. Like you said, yeah, the, the lack of fundamentals is, is been a gripe of mine all season long mm-hmm. and for the entire mm-hmm. season. And you know, yeah, your, your, your manager sleeping in the dugout. But the thing is too, is that consistency matters. Right, so even if Ricky Renteria is not the best manager, quote not the best quote unquote manager in the world, right? But he also had something, you know. He had a relationship with Abreu. He had a relationship with Eloy and Lubop and Mancada because he had coached him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was their coach. He was bilingual. He played in the league for a long time. Right. You know, I mean, and, and sometimes even if you're not the best managers, the uh, you know, in in terms of results. Right, we we don't know what his results would have been at with this current iteration and this current roster that that was on the field for 2022, and we never got a chance to see that because TLR had to take that seat. But I do feel like he would have been a much better choice for them, just the same way I look at a guy like AJ Hinch who grew up with that team as a manager. Yeah, allowed his team to develop with him at the helm, put coaches in place that taught them how to bang on trash cans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether you like that method or not, you're putting in place things that help your team develop. And all of a sudden you cut that off and he says, okay, here's this old guy. Cause you didn't, because you didn't go further in the playoffs during a pandemic season. Right. Get the fuck out of here. That's not, I mean that, that I, I feel like he should have at least got a, a full season with that, with that squad and with those players. He definitely got shafted. He was there for four seasons, the 17 season, 67 and 95. That's when they started making right. the trade, right? right? 62 and a hundred. The next. Okay, great. We're, we knew we were tanking 72 and 89. That's a 10, 10 game jump. Mm-hmm. And then they go 35 and 25 in the short COVID year. Right. You're 10 games over 
I mean that you got in. It's it's hard again. It's it's hard to judge that season based on the amount of games that they played. Yeah. But at the same time, you did make the playoffs. There, I, I think what got him fired was the way that he treated the pitching in that in that series. I mean, what the fuck was yeah. Dan Dunning doing out there? Yeah, yeah, you or, or Carlos Rodon. Right. Just why you put him out of the bullpen? It, it was just it was it, that's that's what got him fired. That's yeah. You know I hundred percent I mean? agree with you. I'm watching those those games against the A's. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're not Tampa Bay. We don't put in a quote unquote starter, a starter. for or, or opener, opener an opener yeah. Yeah. for one inning. We don't do that. Yeah. And then you blow out. Uh, was it crochet? Yep. Yep. Come on. Was it? Was it crochet or was it? Uh, um, uh, what's the ponytail kid? Oh, uh, uh, Kopech. It was Kopech. It was Kopech. It was Kopech. It was Kopech. Yeah, they yeah. both got ponytails. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it was it was super frustrating, and that, and that's what it, what drove him to being driven out of the city. Yeah, he drove himself. Yeah, he, yeah. he drove that bus right out the door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, it was it was it was frustrating because it was a lot of potential there, and 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 I, I just I, I feel like. I feel like these last two years have been wasted years for the White Sox, and it's frustrating to watch. And that. we've got like maybe a two-year window. And yeah. the thing is, you know what happened was in the last in the twenty in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, we had the wide open window because yeah. Detroit sucked. Cleveland was was in in, in flux because they were trading everybody. They were tra- Cleveland was trying to figure out what to do after right. they lost to the Cubs in the World Series. Right. Do and we keep everybody or yeah, exactly? And and then you know. And that's after getting rid of Lindor. Yes. They signed the right guy. Yes, they did. You know what I mean? They signed the right guy. But, I mean, you're looking at the fact that, yeah, they, they, you're looking at a guy like Lindor who is still a very, very good player. I mean, you know, he would be still great on that team. But, you know, you look at that that uh, that 2016 um, Cleveland roster, and they were in a lot of flux. They were, and, and, they've, and the shitty thing for your team is that they've found their way back to the top of the mountain. Uh-huh. And look, but I, I will tell you, number one, Number one, who is running that ship? And Terry Francona is the answer, and that's why they're doing as well as they are. And that's why the White Sox. Imagine Francona as the manager of this team. Imagine with the talent that's on on the twenty the twenty twenty two team. We'd be playing right now. Yeah, because he can ha- he can manage a bullpen. Yes, and he can he could find he he is just so much better as far as like the analytics you knowing these young these players when they're young developing them he yeah. understands how to develop a team i mean you know shit he was the one that 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 broke the boston curse mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's just it's 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 disappointing to see the amount of talent not only holdovers from this 2020 season going into 2022 that just weren't able to uh weren't able to get it done all right man so now we got to talk about number one for you sir well this is going to become a a big shock to everybody out there but my number (laughs) one all time it's the 1933 cubs it is actually so in 1993 1933 three finger mordecai brown no (laughs) of course it's gonna be the 2016 cubs you know i mean i that you can't you can't beat that as a cubs fan i don't care whether you 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 know you started following the year before in 2015 when they almost made it or if you you know joined the bandwagon you know back in in 89 or 84 when they might have a chance or 03 when it really started kind of hitting me in my heart and my soul um but yeah i mean like how can you how can you not have the 2016 world series champs as your favorite all-time at least for people that are alive right yeah 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 <laughs> your all-time favorite i mean you're talking about a team that essentially you know ran ran the gamut there's it, it was definitely a, a a rocky road a rough ride to actually um go ahead and 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 finish off game seven but i mean 
There, there's no way that you 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 as an outsider, as a non-Cubs fan, could find a better team to root for than that 2016 team. It was a great team. Uh, a bunch of characters, a bunch of lovable guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I followed you know because I again it's kind of like w- with my team where I saw these guys get drafted and and picked up and so forth and and the chemistry that they started building. Yeah. You had the right manager for the right team uh, coming through everything, and you know it, it, the curse. I thought it was was coming through. I mean, like oh man, three one, three one, yeah, and then the rain delay. I was like, man, God really doesn't like the Cubs. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. And you know what? It, they, they were able to pull it off. And you know what? I, like I've said this many times on air before, I, I was, I, 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 you know, shed a couple tears. And it was most for my friends that have passed away who were Cub fans. And they didn't get to experience this. You know, I mean, look at the, the, the players that the Cubs brought on. Uh, during that season, I mean, you had everyone's favorite fatty Dan uh, Vogelback, um, who is now where is he now in the Mets? I think. Oh, yeah, he was, was yeah, it the Mets? I'm yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was like, you know, I'm pretty sure he just went over there for the snacks. Um, but you got guys like John Lackey who won a World Series with the Angels back in the day. Um, you know, they, they brought over uh, Ben Zobers, who was the MVP of the the Royals, winning the World Series. Um, you, they brought that. This is the year they brought over Jason Hayward, which is you know a mix a mixed bag considering the fact that you look at the uh, results you got seven years later. But most again, expensive piece speech mo- ever. Most expensive speech, and I'm and I I have with no doubt in my heart or my mind, I do not think that they win the World Series without Jason Hayward. No, no. Period. Point blank. That's it. Um, but you also this is the the big thing is you not not only brought over Hayward, but you re- retained Dexter Fowler, who showed up at training camp with no uniform on February 26th at training camp. It's like, hey guys, I'm back. Because everyone thought I forget where I think he was he was he said that he said he was going to sign in Houston or somewhere back in Colorado because that's when he, he first played in uh-huh. Colorado. But I mean, like you know that right there. When I remember when watching Dexter Fowler walk onto the field wearing a pair of blue jeans and a t-shirt, and the whole team was like, "Oh shit, Fowler's back! Here we go!" And just that you know, it was just I I still remember like how just how dominant that team was i mean it was one of those teams where they 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 had 103 wins i mean they won by 17 and a half games that season right there was that's the, dominating that's dominating they 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 had the most wins in in the national league they went through the gamut they went through what they they then they go through the giants they had to go through the mets if i'm not mistaken i mean it was just a and the real, dodgers and the, yeah that's what it was it was the dodgers um they and and you're talking about them going up against the San Francisco team who had won three World Series, right? So we're not talking about slouches. You're talking about going up against a team with your boy Kershaw, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about going through and who, who had just eliminated him the year before. Yes, yes, in in, in fifteen because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. They, they weren't, weren't seasoned ready, yet, yeah. right? And that 2015 team, it, it's it's probably to be honest, it's probably a very close second to the 2016 team because of you just saw it developing, and you actually had hope that oh, this wasn't just a one-off, mm-hmm. right? You saw the development, you saw everything, and, and the the scary part of that season with Schwarber getting his knee blown out early in that season oh, with the, 
and, I saw that game. Yep, and and that was the uh, that was a collision with Dexter Fowler yeah. in the outfield, yeah. and and him to become a Cubs legend coming back for the playoffs and hitting those those uh, home runs that sat. I mean, shit. I think they might still have the cue up there. I think they took it down, <laughs> but they had the little cue where they preserved where the ball where the ball sat there. I mean, it just as a Cubs fan, you can't imagine what your family members went through when they didn't get to see your Cubs win. You spent so much time just crying and waiting and hoping and dreaming. There's no way that this is real. My I still remember the moment when I when the when they went down and I went outside and I sat on the front steps and I think I was playing bowling or something silly on my phone and all of a sudden my buddy Amir, my buddy Juan, and my wife come looking for me, and I'm drunk, and I'm sitting on the front steps, and I'm just sitting there. I, I'm like, I can't watch this final out. I can't watch my team lose again after being up 3-1 and to go to Game 7 in extra innings and lose the World Series. I couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, life was breathed into me. It brought me back inside, and I still remember jumping up out of my seat, tackling my wife, tackling uh my buddy amir the, the skinny guy and who thought he was gonna die to this day he tells me he has flashbacks of his life flashing me before his eyes when he, he thought he was gonna die when i almost tackled him and <laughs> being outside and, and and just i i still have the photos of me and juan smoking cigars outside that night i'm wrapped i i, I think we're wrapped in the the w flag i had it uh that i took that flag down from my wall and i had it like i was crying into the w flag and for that entire um, off season, that W flag mm-hmm. hung in my front window outside, and I did not take it down until they lost a game the next season. And that's how significant that was to me. Because every day I wanted to walk past, I wanted to drive past, I wanted everyone that came to remember when the Cubs won the World Series. It, it was a magical year, and it impacted the, the city so much because you started seeing a lot more Cubs gear being worn and not by the diehards, but we're looking at the casual fans. Mm-hmm. You're looking at uh, people in other sports, you know, other athletes wearing Cubs stuff. Um, didn't didn't uh, someone have to show up in Cubs gear? <laughs> Dwayne Wade and, and, oh, and LeBron. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had him come yeah. in in full uniform. Yeah, so. the bet, yeah. Yeah, so um, stuff like that. You know, it, it, it crosses boundaries, uh, whether it's pop culture or, or if it's another sport, yeah. it, it crosses that. And that's what the impact of that 16 uh, Cups team had. Not only that you broke the streak and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you are no long, longer heartbroken. You know, it's funny because one of the one of the transactions that happened that year was a trade that... Uh, that just kind of bounced the guy back and forth. Adam Warren was the was the player that they traded uh, Starlin Castro for, mm. and that's when he went over to the Yankees. And they took Adam Warren and traded him right back to the Yankees for Roldis Chapman. And but they they lost uh, Glaber Torres in the in the in the process because at the time he was blocked his shortstop position with Javi Baez. Yeah. So okay. there was a lot of players. There's a lot. You look throughout the league now. There's a lot of players that are still on teams, whether they were on the, the the winning team or they were a player that was traded who is still doing very well in the league mm-hmm. to get someone to help you on that on that team. There, you know, they Theo 
did a great job of assembling and restocking the miners so you were able to get to that point bring up the guys that you needed to and go ahead and win a world series man and and it's just it just meant to even to this day it just means everything to me to know that that team even in a shorter fandom than a lot of other people mm-hmm that they were able to experience that i was able to experience it because that was my first championship that of a team i really cared about as an adult mm. right okay yeah because i mean you're a kid you appreciate cool. it you yes. appreciate it way more yes we were kids with the with the bulls with the bulls and even i, I remember when they went in 98 i remember walking down the street like walking mm-hmm. down wicker park walking down milwaukee and just the, the horns but again at that time you're like yeah it's six like it's another three-peat you know, this is just what we do. It, yeah. was, it wasn't as exciting. And again, once again, one of my great regrets in life is not going to the parade. I still think about that. Yeah. All right, man. So I'm guessing at number one, you're going to talk about another World Series winner. That's right. The 2005 Chicago White Sox. That's right. Who? The two, 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 2005. Let me see. How many years ago is it? Uh, a lot, sir. 17. Many years. That's okay. That's okay. It was, eight, it was 102 for you and 88 for us, so it doesn't really matter. As long as you win one, it doesn't matter. But the thing that makes it sweet is that we beat the Houston Astros, another team I hate. The Houston assholes. Uh, what? <laughs> the 2005 White Sox uh, won 99 games, uh, lost 63, finished in first in the AL Central. Yes, they were in, in the AL Central at that point. And played the Houston assholes, <laughs> who were in the National League at that point. Before they started cheating, uh, they won the AL uh, Championship Series four to one over the Anaheim Angels. That was the only game they lost in the playoffs. That so that is a literally clean sweep of the Astros of the Boston Red Sox who had won the year before, right? Uh, and then the Angels who had won years before that. So you you were going through a gamut of teams that actually were really really good. Um, the Houston Astros were stacked at, at the same time as well, so they were no. Uh, they weren't a pushover. No, they weren't a pushover. Well, they had, they had the, the the killer bees on there. Yeah, uh, Bjo, uh, Bagwell, yep. and Berkman. Yep. Um, who else? They had, they had Clements. They had um, who? Uh, what's this? Oh, I was gonna say Julio Franco, but that's John Franco. Oh, Roy Oswalt. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lamb, who yeah, was Roy, good at that Roy, time. I think Roy. Roy Oswald before he went to Philly. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. You had uh, Juan de Rodriguez, uh, Willie Tavares, Jose Vizcaino. There we go. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> all right. Go, I guess go ahead and keep talking about White Sox. There we go. I guess. There we go. Stay out of White Sox business. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a bunch of characters that just came together. Uh, Kenny Williams did a magnificent job of, you know, you have Joe Creedy at third. That's the first time you've ever said that. Yeah, that is the first time. And it'll probably be the last time. Uh, Mike, uh, Mark Burley, uh, GF, uh, GF, is it Jeff Blum? It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. both GF Blum. Uh, Jeff, Brian, that's yeah. Jeff. It's Jeff. Okay, yeah. sure, whatever. Uh, Jermaine Dye, who had just, uh, we had just signed him. We had Carl Everett, who was a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Freddie, sweaty Freddie Garcia, uh, who was always out drinking. Uh, hitting the clubs yeah, I know Because I saw him out there <laughs> <laughs> I was out there That's what I'm, uh, John Garland Willie Harris Who is uh, Their base coach Over yep. there With the Cubs mm-hmm. um, Dustin Hermanson Orlando Hernandez Tarigitu Gucci e Gucci I got El Tanque Bobby Jenks Yeah You know Oh my god Yeah The big and wide Hefty lefty <laughs> The Mr. Consistent Paul Canerico Yeah 
uh, Brandon McCarthy, uh, let's see, AJ Persinski, the man you love to hate, <laughs> Scott Pasenek, who we traded Carlos Lee for to um, the Brewers. Yep. Gave away power to get a leadoff guy and yeah. a guy for defense. So kind of your Dexter Fowler for you. Yeah. yeah. And then Hall of Famer Frank Thomas. Yeah, he but he didn't play. He had uh, he had yeah. messed up his ankle so, so bad. No, but I mean, yeah, you go up and down. This this AJ, Pauly, uh, Iguchi, Wanu uh, Ribe, Joe Creedy, Scotty Pods, Aaron Rowan, Jermaine Dye, your MVP, and Carl Everett, your favorite player of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, your favorite player, not mine. Um, yeah, and your, your boy Geoff. So look, you look up and down. I mean, there's not. There's not a ton of superstars on this no, team, right? Like no. I can you could sit there and look all day and you will find the one guy being Frank Thomas, right? AJ is known because he's in the media now and also because no one fucking liked him. But I mean, up and down. I mean, you're never gonna oh like, oh, remember superstar Paul Canerco. No, I only remember him because he won the, the the White Sox uh, World Series, right? That's you don't remember a lot of these names, you know what I mean? And uh, you, he you was know, clutch. You got Jose Contreras, who was, was was another guy, but I mean, all, other than that, I mean, there's not a lot of like real big, well known names on this team before or after this World Series. Uh, I mean, the big names would be Orlando Hernandez that they acquired and El, du- El Duque mm-hmm. um, that we got from the Yankees. Those are your big names, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank Thomas, obviously, because he's he's still he's still a leftover from the nineties, right? Um, but Mark Burley wasn't a unknown commodity. Uh, you, you're looking at Joe Creedy. He was like, oh, he's just a good defensive player. Right. That's it. Um, John Garland came out. He exploded that year. Um, Bobby Jenks wasn't even starting the season on the roster. Garland, another former club. Yep, he is a former club. Uh, again, we talked about Pazenek, but you're looking at Oribe. He was just one chubby kid who can hit the ball really hard and had a cannon from arm, but he couldn't throw straight. Um, you're looking at, you know, the perfect storm with Ozzie Guillen, Harold Baines, right, Greg Walker, right. Don Cooper, Joey Cora, Tim Raines that, on the coaching staff. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's really, to me... Those are the 93 socks right there. This, well, right, exactly, exactly. And and what you're looking at here, to me, the thing, the thing I think about the most is I think about, and, and I'm sorry to say it, but I'm thinking about the disappointing season for the White Sox this season because you look mm-hmm. at what a manager means. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of talk, mm-hmm. and the, and the fact that he has gotten an interview, we talked to it, we talked to Junior about it, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk now about Ozzy potentially getting that job. I've I've seen things where he's not that interested. I've seen things where he is and he's trying to play it off. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff there, but when you're looking at this, like you said, the perfect storm of coaches, because I mean, Ozzy's only 41 at that time, mm-hmm. right? Harold Baines is 46, Joey Cora 40. You know what I mean? So you're talking about young guys. I mean, Don Cooper, even Don Cooper was was younger at that time, being 49. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now he's, you know. 104. 104, yeah. yeah. He, doubled his, he doubled his age in 17 years. That's why he got fired. Um, yeah, it's impressive. impressive. No, it was a perfect storm. And the team ran the gamut. They were never out of first place. Yeah. Um, then they go to the playoffs and run the gamut through there. You have the stories about, you know, Burley uh, closing a game. He didn't even have his cleats on because he's like, oh, I'm not pitching today. Yep, and he's chugging beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, can you pitch? He's like, yeah. The sure. cleats, sure, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure MLB didn't find out till way later about this. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's called the oh, well. But, you know, yeah, if you go up and down the roster, there is one, one Hall of Famer on this team. Yeah, Frank Thomas. And that's it. And he didn't even play. 
No, he couldn't play. He blew out his uh, yeah. his ankle. He had yeah. surgery and he couldn't play. So when I was when I was talking about him being an announcer, now the thing is, is that they actually he's on TV right now. Yeah, look at that. He still looks like a giant infant. I, I I just can't get over that. Like he looks like he looks like like somewhat. It was like Honey I Shrunk the Kids, but reverse. Remember when they they blew up the kid? Mm-hmm. Well, it was he was like three. Nah, the hell no. Nah. He was like six months with that big ass bald head, and he just like he, he just grew up into a giant infant, and he's just looked the same ever since. It's it's terrifying. Anyway, um, let's get uh, to uh, you know, um, but yeah, look, perfect storm is is the is the best way to look at it. This kind of reminds me of when the Pistons beat the Lakers, mm-hmm. right? Because you you don't have like there are I Rasheed think, Wallace, I think Tayshawn Gibson, Tayshawn Gibson, yep. um, Chauncey, Chauncey, you know what I mean? Like uh, um, you didn't you don't have superstars. Right, but you have a collective perfect storm. You have a collective. You found a way to get the pieces that you need to get yourself over the hump, get through. And the thing is, is that that was what the first time that they had been even in the playoffs in a while. And since then, they didn't make the playoffs. I think they made the playoffs like what oh eight, I think it was, because that was when the Cubs and the Sox were. Oh eight was right? after, yeah. So like oh eight, well of course oh eight was after oh five. No, that the next time they were in the playoffs was oh eight. Yes, math. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you didn't, you hadn't seen them have a lot of success since then. And then you look at your, your 2020, 2020 yeah. you know what I mean? So it was just, it was everything, all the stars aligned that season and they just, they just managed to get, get it done. Yeah. And again, you had a bunch of characters like Freddie Sweaty, like literally Sweaty Freddie. Yeah. Literally on a Sunday, you can see the just, just dripping sweat. I'm like, dude, you can smell the black label. <laughs> just dripping on the mound yeah. and i'm like they're like oh and it was, it was so funny because i had season tickets uh you know off and on and when i would go see freddie i'm like fuck i just saw you outside like a couple a couple uh-huh. hours ago i can't believe you're actually pitching oh yeah you could probably you could probably just like squeeze that that uh that sweat into a bottle he, had, he could just recycle all that booze <laughs> oh my god yeah so i mean i, I know we, we mentioned a little bit about right now with ozzy again um so i can't say who but i what i can say is that the manager he's gonna get an interview this week yep um but how interested he is it really depends on what his wife wants yeah that's i'm, I'm, that I'm, he, I'm hearing it from the source shocking yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah um if he gets it i think it'll be great but from what we're hearing from mike rodriguez is that uh we're looking at espada being named the new manager right after the world series I, my, my only thing with ozzy is that i i don't it's not that i think he would not do a good job i think for the sake of the team being young I think it's a good idea to have someone that has a fresh set of eyes mm-hmm. that is not hypercritical of the team because you look at what he said on air in the last couple of years. You can't tell me that these te- these players... Oh, Tim Anderson is still holding a grudge. Right. How are they going to respect him? How are they going to sit there and be like, they're going to play in spite of him. If they win, they'll win in spite of him. You know what you do. You show him your ring. Your rings. And, and that, His three rings. And, and that's all well and good, but... All that to me, if a young player with especially guys like Mancata, like TA, who have that big personality, have that big ass ego, they're going to be like, you're just showing off. You know what I mean? That's the problem. I think bringing in someone who is not connected to the organization, who has a fresh set of eyes and can come in there and just like lay down the law on day one, that's what they need. They need someone who can be disciplined and still communicate with them and get them where they need to go. TLR is not that guy. No. And I honestly, I don't think that Ozzy is that guy either just because of it's, it's essentially the same thing with, uh, with Bob Brenly. Yes. 
You know, yes. it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I think he he can manage the team. I just think that the options that are out there are better. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, and just, and Bruce Bochy got snatched up right away. And again, another guy another guy with uh, World Series experience, World Series rings, but not connected to the organization. Right. That's the big thing there. Ladies and gentlemen, tell us who is your favorite Chicago baseball playoff team. Hit us up. Uh, again, you can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans and on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. Send us a message, send us a DM, and you can also email us at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com tell us what you think we'll be right back with stirring the pot after a word from our sponsor Hey, True Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. This is Enrique Calderon coming to you from True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast. Come check me out on social media, Enrique Calderon Official, on Instagram and Facebook. Check it us out. Y te lo dice Enrique Calderon. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E Rock and Big Z. Yes, we're live. That's right. <laughs> It's that time again, brother. Uh oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring a Pot. All right, brother. So, uh, there's a restaurant called Fry the Coop in my neighborhood. Okay. okay. They, they have a couple of around, around the Chicagoland area. And they came out with a couple sandwiches, some brand new ones. So, I want to know will you try these, sir? Sandwich number one the Chicago Hot Chicken Sandwich. So, it's a uh, ch- breaded fried chicken breast, right? It's, you got the bread. Uh, you got how, how, the how, brochet bun. How, first of all, brochet. It's brioche. Second of <laughs> all, it's 100% brioche. It has always been brioche. Dude, all you have to do is watch a fucking Wendy's commercial and they will tell you about their brioche and their pretzel buns, okay? So, uh, second of all, here before we before we continue with the question. Yes, sir. Um, how how big is this breast? Oh, oh, they're big breast. You know me. Yeah. Got to get a big breast, a juicy big breast. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so it's a <laughs> moving on. It's got hot jardinera, no. coupe sauce, no. and your brioche bun. No, that's I'm, a no. I'm, uh, give me. I'll take the, the. I'll take the brioche and put something that tastes good on it. I don't. Need, I don't understand. I was just having this conversation with like someone else, like about hot being a flavor or not. No, well, we do that with the hot cheese. No, but no, jardinera. Let me explain something to you. Jardino. Uh, that's where I'm going. No, I don't fuck with Jardinera, man. You don't fuck with Jardinera? No, man. It's it's weird. It's greasy and just like it's why oily. the fuck? Are it's very carrot? oily. Why the fuck is there a carrot or something? Like it's just odd. It's just weird. It's like why do I need celery? Why why how did y'all make celery hot? That shit tastes like water. <laughs> how fucked up is that? All right, then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna switch it over to something. Maybe you'll try. I don't know. Uh-huh. All right, the donut fried chicken sandwich. Oh, 
fried chicken, coop sauce, pickles, and glazed donut. Okay. You want to talk about glazed donut? That shit won't be glazing my face. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm trying that. I'm trying that. Now, th- to be fair, like, I feel like that donut would, would fall apart immediately, but I mean, you can't, you know, that, I feel like that with a little bit of spice somewhere, like, not just, not jardinier. Well, I think the coupe sauce is a little spicy. Okay. Yeah. That, I, that would, I would try. All right. It, you know what it almost reminds me of is, you remember when, uh, uh, going back to KFC, just for my boy Steven, um, <laughs> remember what, what was it, the, uh, the inside out sandwich where it was like two yeah. chicken things and yeah. like the bacon inside? That was the one thing from KFC was like, yep, I will grow a third titty for that thing because, <laughs> you know, it was just that good. I was like, yeah, this is fat boy status confirmed. All right. So I'm going to try this week and I'm going to report back. Just bring one. Bring, bring, bring one of the donut ones. All right. Well, <laughs> wait, no, you're out next week. Oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know what my schedule is. I'm just following what you told me. Oh, I agree with you. I just don't. I, you think I remember things? What is it? There? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, I'm gonna try both of them, so it doesn't matter. So. so, but I mean, like, if you if you have a preference, if if I'm presenting you to that and you've never tried it, I mean, it, you, um, I will try the Jardinero one versus if that yeah. would be your first choice. That would be my first choice. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. I I just it just sounds like yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I am out next weekend because we have round robin uh, softball. Shocking. We have softball. <laughs> All right, sir. Now that we've talked about uh, donut sandwiches and uh, that oily bullshit. Third titties. That, uh, hey, man. Total recall. Mm-hmm. You just totally recalled that uh, third tit. Anyway, so <laughs> speaking of that. <laughs> oh, boy. What you looking at? What have you been watching that isn't sports? Um, Are you still watching the 70s show? Uh, yeah, I'm on season eight. It's the worst season Why? ever. Why is that with with Seth Meyers, Josh yeah, Myers, Josh Myers, Seth Myers, little brother, yeah. big brother? I don't know what he it's is. Like, hey, check on my feather. He is so awkward in it that is. show. Yeah, it's he looks like Seth Seth Meyers wearing a wig. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really bad. Um, yeah, it's on. Uh, usually on after work. Um, uh, before I f- take my nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my daily nap I try to take just because I'm so busy. Um. Shit. Uh, what what am I watching? Really, just uh, my my Chicago shows, the Grey's Anatomy, all that stuff is back on. Uh, I've been watching wrestling. Yes, I, I know. I watch network TV still. Where are you? Like a fucking a forty four year old divorcee? I'm like forty one. Like what? Non divorcee. <laughs> like, I like Chicago PD because it's very realistic. They're they're no. so fake. No. So I like me, it because they film in in my neighborhood all the time. Uh, okay. You it's know, like. It's, yeah, so you're so you're basically Leonardo DiCaprio sitting on the couch, like, oh, I know that place. Exactly, <laughs> that is me. That I is par- me. I parked my car there once. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's me. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, so that's all. That's all you've been watching. Oh, oh yeah, I don't think I've watched really. No, I can't think of anything I've been watching. I mean, Game of Thrones finished tonight, is, uh, so uh, I watched that. Um, that that's been pretty good. It's been. Have you watched that one yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> no man, there's baseball playoffs on. NBA started. There's football yeah. literally every day. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm either working, like I've been doing all weekend, much to my wife's chagrin. She's like, "When are you coming home?" And I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> um, and uh, and softball, man. That's that's literally all I do now. I really haven't watched just because of all the sports. I agree. It's just, yeah. Uh, so next week I will have something watched. Um, yeah, because I didn't want to watch the Halloween movie. It looks stupid. We did watch that. Uh, Kim watched it twice. I watched it half of one time. If that you can sounds- guess what happened, <laughs> <laughs> it bought, it's, here, here's the thing. So we, we watched the Halloween, and and the reason why I didn't finish because it, it was boring the shit out of me because yeah. I, I couldn't understand 
the, the, they they just kept showing this random kid and this and and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis' uh, granddaughter or whatever. Okay. She was one of the characters, and she's like starting to fall for this kid who's kind of like a scumbag, and you see him have scumbag tendencies. Not like, oh, I'm a douchebag, like I fuck a lot of girls. More like, oh, I'm a murder stabby guy, like I like to stab. Yeah, I like that to guy, kill you know, squirrels un- and shit like that. Not yeah. even that, like unintentionally. Like oh. it was just, it was weird, and I was like, where? Why is this kid here? What is he doing? Why is it like an hour into the movie And I've seen Michael Myers once on the final Halloween You guys are selling this as like The last ever Michael's gonna die He's 30 You know he was born in 1932 And now he's like 87 And he keeps this like I'm like fuck Die Michael die just die uh, and you know, and and that was that was the thing. I watched the one before where like the whole like uh, the yeah. island in the kitchen moved away. Yeah, and yeah. The weapon. But I mean, like I was, the, I had no excitement level to watch this whatsoever. No. I uh, my my excitement level was that at some point I get to take a nap. That's when I take my naps. Is what I'm in a movie that I didn't want to watch. Yeah, I I'm glad I didn't watch it. I, it just looked like you can still watch. I mean, like here's the thing. I think realistically, you should watch it so you know what exactly what I'm talking about, exactly what it is, so you can properly criticize it or not. Okay. The same reason I, why I watch White Sox games so I can properly criticize them <laughs> and not just talk out of my ass. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was. I'm sure if I ever watch the second half, I will be just as disappointed as I was in the first half. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. There's no reason but for that. You gotta know. You gotta know. If yeah. you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, there's, there's really um, uh, uh, Abbott Elementary's back on. Yeah, I, I, I got caught. A, a, yeah, five I, I, episodes I've caught for, on. First, first season I I caught on. Is it Peacock or no? It's one of this one it's of the Peacock. Is it? No, wait, no, no, no. I no. think it's Hulu. No, it's a Hulu. That one's a Hulu. Yeah. So yeah. I, I watched the the whole first season. I haven't caught up with the second season yet. But one show that tricked the shit out of me. So HBO is doing this thing now where they're taking network TV shows and putting them on their network. On their their streaming, so the HBO Max that I'm sure is still Juan's account that I'm using for all this time, um, but uh, so it has this story. It has a show called The Cleaning Lady, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that your excitement level of that is going to be tenfold once I explain to you what this is really what's really going on here. I, so, I'm excited. She cleans my. If she can clean my uh, kitchen, so I'd be super excited. The Cleaning Lady is a drama that centers uh, Tani. Della Rosa, formerly a Cambodian Filipino surgeon who is currently working and living in Las Vegas. Her reason for being in the U.S. on an expired visa is that her five-year-old son, Luca, he has a rare life-threatening medical disorder in which he needs a cutting-edge bone marrow treatment, which is only available in Las Vegas. Until she gets treatment for her son, uh, Tony makes a living not as a trained physician, but as a cleaning service worker along with her sister-in-law, Fiona. After Tony accidentally witnesses a serious crime and is discovered hiding by the perpetrator, Armand Morales, she's offered a job as a cleaner and a doctor within their criminal organization. Um, so here's what happens, okay? Essentially, she is, like I said, she's a cleaning lady. Uh, she's cleaning at some fucking office. She hit, witnesses a mob hit. They find her hiding there. They're going to kill her. And she goes, no, 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 no. I'm really good at this. I can clean anything, this and that. They're like, all right, clean it. Cleans it like there was never a murder, you know, all, all this shit, right? And it was like blood everywhere. And the guy that died was someone that she knew from where she worked. Right. Um, so, like, she cleans up all the blood, and they're like, okay, you did a great job. Uh, I'll tell you when we need you again. And she's like, no, I did this one time. They're like, we're going to fucking kill you. So, no, right? So now she's roped into it. So now this former, like, surgeon 
from Asia who's trying to save her five-year-old son who has like bone marrow disease, cancer, like whatever. And now she has this moral dilemma of like, well, I have to, you know, I have to stay here. They're going to get me deported and they're going to kill me and all this shit, right? So they managed to get uh, this kid an appointment for the bone marrow doctor, all this other bullshit, right? And I'm watching this and every time this kid, you're like, oh, this kid's going to like live a great life something happens and i'm like what the fuck is going this does not feel like an hbo show like that kid would have been dead in the first episode like what's going on here it's a fox fucking show i was like you grimy motherfuckers this is every fox show ever where like random ass where the hell is a cambodian vietnamese (laughs) fucking filipino surgeon slash doctor that came to the united states that has to work as a cleaning lady and but now also works for the mob because they got her an appointment for her son this is the most fox show of all time this is essentially fucking prison break oh they're almost gonna get out and survive and oh no they got locked up and it's just the same fucking show walking dead oh my at least walking dead like people died like this kid is never gonna die they're gonna almost they're gonna almost save him and then he's gonna be dying again in the next episode it it, I, i was like something there's something weird about what's happening here and then i figured it out press pause you know fox and i was like you sons of bitches you almost got me yeah i saw that uh i saw that before i got here like NFL footballs I'm like oh yeah watch the next episode I was like this looks like a mm-hmm. fucking horse shit no there's no way I'm watching the, the, as I'm watching it I'm just waiting for like it, the, the traditional HBO bad terrible shit to happen yeah. right yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, Red Wedding here we go um, but yeah I was like it totally totally fucking threw me and uh, you like Chicago fired PD so you'd probably love this show no, I'm not gonna love that show because it's a hundred percent like the corny ass network TV drama. Uh, so, hundred percent. Last episode for PD uh, Jimmy from uh, uh, Yellowstone was a uh, guest actor on there. Oh, right, he was a guest star. So I, I think he's gonna have a small recurring role uh, because he's a he's he's a commander's uh, son, but he's doing some shady shit. So okay, so it, it's. PD is the one you want to watch because it has the best storyline because it's like Law and Order. No, it's not. <laughs> um, no, I don't want. I have no idea. So, uh, and and I did. So I did watch a movie um, this morning. Uh, it's called Kodachrome. It has uh, Jason Sudeikis, um, and it has. Let me tell you the other actor here: da, da, da. Ed Harris, Jason Sudeikis, Damn. and Elizabeth Olsen. Really, Damn. really, really good What's movie. Um, that's a Netflix. It's a couple years old, but essentially, it's uh, Ed Harris is a very famous photographer, and Kodachrome is a type of of uh, film that Kodak made. It's they were getting ready because of all the digital media. Um, they're no longer producing it, and it turns out that um, he's estranged from Jason Sudeikis, who is a music executive, and um, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen plays Ed Harris's uh, nurse. And they have to go to this place in like Oklahoma or whatever the hell it is to get the last roles of this film that he has developed. So he takes, you know, and he's trying to rope his son into the journey to drive there because he can't fly because he's sick and he's dying and all this shit. So, yeah, I mean, it was actually um, it was really, really well done. Jason Sudeikis as an actor is actually really, really good. And of course, you got Ed Harris, legendary Ed Harris. So it's definitely uh, that's definitely something to check out. It'll kind of tug at your heartstrings a little bit, but it does have a good story um i think it went to like it was in these film festivals and all this stuff so i mean it's it's definitely something worth checking out definitely give that a watch i want to watch black adam do you want to watch black adam i'd i'd watch the white adam i'd watch the rock do anything he's he's just entertaining you know it's just the rock in different costumes i mean to be honest with you yeah yeah 
So anyway, uh, check those out, and uh, that's it. That's all we got. How you, how you feel? You good? Um, you good? A little rusty, like uh, as far as like doing this for a while. No, I mean, I feel like I- I'm ready. I'm ready to see what's going to happen with the Yankees tonight. I'm ready to see if the Steelers can actually win a game for once, even though they they, they said pulled up uh, Kenny Pickett. Yes, he can. So I mean, we'll see what happens. What are the odds? Uh, bitch gets back in the game. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, so from what I understand, the reason he was pulled the first place is because he had a, he had an issue with one of the receivers. So it is what it is. But anyway, that's all I got. I'm going to watch um, more baseball. I'm going to watch some football, and I'm not going to watch any of those Chicago shows because they suck. And uh, that's it, man. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TRUEFAN15. Go and get your shirts right now. A shout out to the newest show in the 606 lineup. No water on the weekend with Steven and Sean. It's a pop culture Ford podcast that dabbles in funny trivia, film, television, music, and Chicago-centric news and happenings. New episodes are available on Mondays. And the Bulls are back. That's right, baby. NBA's back in action. 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, and Shy Native Entertainment present All Nets. Mike Logic and Ideal break down uh, the Bulls games, and you can check them out uh, after all the Bulls games for uh, for analysis and breakdown of the game and see if the Bulls are going to suck this year. <laughs> They're going to be like a six or seven seed. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's predictable considering they didn't do much toner in the in the. Uh, they got da- they got Dale and Terry He's supposed to be good. We'll see. We'll see. All right. The Shy Native Radio Podcast is now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out right now. And don't forget to follow Shy Native Entertainment to see the next installation of Shy Native Nights, which is coming up on this Thursday, October 27th at Retro Cafe. That's 3246 North Central. Uh, from 9 to 1, 10 bucks at the door. There is a Halloween costume contest and drink specials all night. You're going to have live performances by Ideal, Mike Logic, Joey Childs, Voorhees, Gold Girl, uh, Chris Deshaun, Lyric, Jason Dell, Santi, Gene Ristic, and Z Zhezhezhezh. That's what I did too. And of course, <laughs> it's hosted by Mike Logic, and your sounds are by DJ Hunt. Go and check them out. Again on uh, October 27th for the uh, Halloween costume contest. A shout out to Ronesh, Panic, Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we played on today's show. Check out panicontheBeat.com for all your moment merch and gear. And check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and reach out to us. Like I said, tell us who your favorite Chicago baseball playoff team is. You can hit us up at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. All right, y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next time for episode 115. Until then, be good to each other. The love of sports. Swish. A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.